Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item, backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They yeah. had been, they had been yeah. around the block a time or two. What's the first deal they built, I bet? No, no, you know, you, I think they were, they had, the, the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped up car, and he he complained that the government gave him these piece of crap cheapo cars and that, that were really no match. But he thought he was doing pretty good, and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And as he said, it was a game of chicken, and I was the chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy's steal when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast, available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast. Your boy Darian Gilliam, aka Black Flags Matter, back for another edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Yeah, I needed to catch my breath there for a moment. But joining <laughs> me is the usual panel. We have the Iceberg and Eric Eastep, but unfortunately, Danny B Talks won't be joining us tonight. 
feeling a a um a, a tad bit under the um uh, the weather this evening. So um hopefully he gets better, but we'll take it over tonight. Um we had um we had a lot going on this weekend, but uh before we get into all that, let's kick it off with our hot takes. Eric, put you on the spot instantly. You start us off. Give us your hot take for this week. Oh, nope. did he- all right. <laughs> well, his hot take is he doesn't want to be here. <laughs> he just looks so, <laughs> he looks so dejected. All right. Oh, well, we'll let Eric God. back in in a little bit. That's funny. Oh, that's hilarious. I guess man. I guess that leads it to me. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> that's funny. All that's right. My hot take is this. Um and I know we're going to talk about this in a little bit for sure. I hope I don't steal Eric's while I do it. <laughs> uh, God rest his internet soul. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to say this. Uh, there, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> he'll be back. <laughs> so the talk of the town this week is once again Ross Chastain. What a, what a shocker. Uh, I'm going to say this. Be careful what you wish for. Uh, I think that what Chastain has going on needs to be corrected in a way, but my hot take is this. I don't think it's the extent that everybody else says it is. Uh, What he did on Sunday is the same thing that two other drivers did. It's because of Ross Chastain's reputation. He built up on his own has nothing to do uh, in my opinion with him being bullied or whatever, but that's why people are looking at him, but he did the exact same thing. The stupid thing, in my opinion, that both Martin Truex Jr. did to crash himself and Kyle Larson did, but was really kind of over, you know, a shadow was put over it, overshadowed because of the wreck that Truex did behind him. Uh, I think that there were a lot of drivers driving like idiots, and I might, I, I would say, I hope that they don't overreact on this and get into Chastain's head too much because I honestly think he did the same thing that a lot of the other drivers did out there. See, I don't know if mine's necessarily a hot take per se, but I am going to call myself out. I had said during the offseason um, that I didn't think Bubba Wallace was going to make the playoffs. But right now, I might have to eat my words. I know we still have a um, a long ways to go, but ever since his um, CODA incident and the interview where he said um, he needs to be replaced, I mean, he's been on a roll, especially um, coming off this weekend at Darlington, in which, you know, um, if NASCAR didn't mess up the um, the um, the final starting order on that final restart, perhaps Bubba Wallace could have competed for his third career win and his first at Darlington. So for him to uh, make strides at Darlington says a lot. It's not necessarily his bread and butter track, but hey, right now, Bubba Wallace um, looking like a playoff driver. But still, a very long way to go. Hi, Eric. I'm back. I can't. My my hasn't happened in months. When uh, I my, when I was when I was introducing you, you just froze. You were just like, yeah. No, I like my computer bugged out on me. I literally blue screen for a second. I thought my entire <laughs> house was going to explode for a moment there. Um, You're good. Yeah, that, oftentimes, my internet will lag out for like two minutes it'll just like reset itself this case no my actual computer crashed so that's not good i gotta check maybe i got like dust or something building up in the air vents i don't know what's going on but 
Um, I apologize. Did I miss the hot take segment? Oh, actually, oh, no, you're, you're just you're, in time. You're just, yeah, you're the final Ooh. one. Yeah, I, I kind of heard some of Jarrett's. It was regarding Ross Chastain. I didn't hear exactly where he went with it, so I hope I don't accidentally step on him and take uh, and kind of repeat or cover the exact same territory. But yes, Ross Chastain is the the talk of the talk of the town once again for yet another week. Uh, but I don't really want to talk about Ross Chastain. That's getting old. I want to talk about Justin Marks. Because I actually think Justin Marks and Trackhouse have handled Ross Chastain almost perfectly the past year. Up until this week, anytime Justin Marks opened his mouth about Ross Chastain, he was defending him. He was reminding everyone how that's our guy. We love him. Yeah, he's a little aggressive, but we love it. He's given us a chance to win a championship. We're relevant. Ross Chastain is great. This week, though, he came out and said, hey, you know, you know what? Maybe he needs to change. I imagine... Hendrick, maybe Chevy got in his ear a little bit, but what also changed on the track is that Chastain took himself out of a win up to this point. Most of Ross Chastain's mistakes have hurt. Other people haven't really affected him. So that there are a couple of changes that I think honestly justify Justin Marks's change in tone. But up to this point, it was a young driver with a young team. Confidence is key. And he was smart to not hurt Chastain's confidence earlier. He waited until it was absolutely necessary to step in. And I actually think that's that's smart. I, I think Justin Marks in this whole thing is, you know, people are gonna say he's hypocritical. Oh, he's he's going back on his word. Oh, he's changed his to yes, as new things on the tracks have happened. And I, I think he's handled the situation very well. Okay. And I have the poll up. Um, uh, who had the hottest take? Uh me, Jarrett, or Eric? And uh um something like Jarrett's leading the way early on. I um, regained my spot yeah. on the throne. You regained it again. What was um when was your last uh, hot take win? Do you remember? Or... Two weeks ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I think I'm no. still looking for my first one. Goodness. Yeah. No, of course no, I was gonna got, be last. I you had one. Yeah, you had a, you had one mm. or two, I, I don't think. think so. I think I always end up second or third. <laughs> mm, yeah. Hey, consistency is key, right? Yeah, I'm but... always right in the middle somewhere. <laughs> But you know what? Um, the entire weekend at Darlington was uh, spectacular, of course. Um, once again, uh, really quick, well, um, um, huge shout out to uh, um, the um, the Daily Downforce, Team Libfest, and Out of the Group for uh, making this whole weekend deal happen. It was an absolute dream. Uh, we'll get to that later on, though. But let's talk about the race as a whole. Darlington, Eric, I'll start off with you. Willie B, William Byron, Hey, Clint Boyer said during the Kansas or um, excuse me, during the um, during the Richmond broadcast that uh, he could see William Byron winning uh, between six to eight races. And so far, third win of the season, most wins in the Cup Series. Eric, are you sold on William Byron being the championship favorite thus far? Um, He's in the conversation. I think right now I would definitely pick him to make the championship for what this win told me more than anything. Well, one, it was redemption for this race a year ago, which he should have won until uh, Logano punted him out of the way. And if I remember last year, Logano knocks Byron out of the way to win at Darlington and then Byron slumped for months. Yeah. Yeah. Remember he had like one top 10 in like a four month span. It was terrible. It was not the same. Not he got all. better when the playoffs began, but boy, he limped into the postseason. And to me, that just ruined any chance at, you know, building momentum towards a championship run. So winning today or winning this week at Darlington to me proved that those first two wins weren't a fluke. He was in danger of doing what he did last year, where he started out strong, wins a couple races. Hey, this is the year he's going to finally break out. And then he slumped this year though, winning at Darlington. That tells me that they might not slump right now. The 24 it's the 20. I think the five is consistently the fastest Hendrick car, but the 24 is not far off. And you know, the 24 is 
stayed out of trouble more than the five has, it appears. <laughs> and uh, it's worked to his benefit. So um, he wasn't the fastest car on Sunday. He was probably the fourth or fifth fastest car. But um, with these late race restarts that Cup Series races are famous for, uh, you just have to be there. And William Byron took advantage of the opportunity that presented itself. Yeah. Well, I think with Byron, too, is last year you saw like that back and forth. Um, and this is why, and I chat rightfully is reminding me of, of my poor pick of thinking he'd slump more is why I thought he would. Uh, but so far this year, you take out that penalty and I believe he's either the points leader or he's towards the top. So he's, he's, I think fixed. he would be the points leader. He would. So they yeah. fix a consistency problem that he had, which I'd still think even though the system rewards winning a ton, consistency is still really, really important when you look at the overall season. And they did something this year that they didn't last year in the sense that they have built up way more playoff points through sheer speed, leading laps like they did last year. But if you look at those stats, most of those laps were just in Martinsville. Uh, they're in, they're, so they're incredibly consistent. They're fast every week. They're not making dumb mistakes. Uh, overall, it seems like a step up. Uh, I was wondering going into the season whether or not it was 21 that was the anomaly or last year was. Because you remember in 2021, we're like, he finally got over the hump. It looks like he's doing pretty good. And then last year, we thought the same thing for about 12 weeks. And then he fell off the face of the earth Had like, what was it, 16 weeks or 12 weeks or something without a top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm saying this not to rip on him. I'm saying this because I think that what he's doing now is good. This is how he should be running. And he is living up to and exceeding expectations. And if it's up to me, out of, I believe, his seven now cup wins, uh, I would say this is the most impressive because of staying up there in the fight at such a difficult track and and keeping himself in position. I I was uh, talking to Peter uh, Strata on the last restart there, or the restart there where um, Chastain and Larson had their deal. I was like, if if Byron chooses the bottom here, he's got the win. Like he he mm-hmm. just does. He's gonna be smart enough. He's fast enough. Uh so I, I gotta say I'm I'm really impressed by him so far. And I and I'll say this too. I think this year that team is vastly more improved. Even if the statistics kind of match the start of last year, it looks and feels different. Yeah. Yeah, right I, now they're sorry, they're leading right. the series as far as laps led mm-hmm. uh, by just a few over Larson, and they're leading the series with uh six stage wins. So it's not just yeah. the beginning of races, they're dominating start to finish. Yeah, I mean, you could make the case that, oh, well, you know, um Chastain and Larson had their incident, you know, Byron lucked into it, and we'll get into that in um we'll get we'll get to that incident later. But I mean, William Byron is still extremely consistent i mean that was the main issue last year i mean his stats right now i mean 13 starts three wins six top fives seven top tens um six stage wins of the most in in the um in the nascar cup series currently i mean there's no doubt they have definitely turned the corner but again remember after the darlington race last year they went on that long slump you know so you know right now it's great but let's just make sure you know this type of of, of success continues just, but right now I they're on a roll i don't think that that slump happens this time around yeah I, 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 it doesn't look like it i don't think it i will mean either yeah unlike last year each week even with him being really good and coming back he's faster than chase elliott he's right up there with kyle larson probably faster every other week uh, i it, it he's he's been about as consistent as the 48 with the winning speed of the 5 like that's the best way I can put it right now. 
because, uh, you know, the five is checkers or wreckers. The 48 before Bowman's injury uh, was very much the most consistent team out there. Like, that that's the best way I can put it with them right now. Yeah. Can I, I be mean, a little bit of a hater? Because we're saying a lot of good things about what we're doing. There we go. I was waiting for it. I, was waiting I just want to be it. a little bit of a hater. I, I think the big hat thing is lame as hell. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't like I the appreciate, You don't like it? I appreciate William Byron trying to do something to distinguish himself. So show even like a glimpse of, you know, unique personality. personality yeah. I just think it's lame. I, I don't know why. <laughs> Every photo I see with it, it's like the first time was kind of cute. I was like, okay, that's kind of funny. I've never seen now that. Now it looks goofy. Oh. It looks goofy, huh? Now it they're like goofy. selling the hats. It's They've corporatized <laughs> it. And it's, it's not funny anymore. I think it's lame. No, that's my hot take. They, that should have been my hot take. I would have won. <laughs> <laughs> they pa- they packaged it. They patented it. They put it on a plastic lunchbox, and they're selling. They're selling. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. <laughs> hey, when are the big uh, out of the groove hats going to come? They gonna come? Yeah, I'll <laughs> never sell my soul. <laughs> but you know, congrats to William Byron on the win, but also the hundredth win for the number twenty four. That's impressive. I mean, we all know the history with, that's, that's associated cool. with that number. I mean, that is yeah, one of the greatest yeah. part of that stat. Yeah, it's ninety three for Gordon and seven. Yeah, ninety three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was about to say say, only two drivers in the twenty four have ever won, and and it's pretty crazy that before Jeff Gordon, no driver in the twenty four had ever won a race before him. That's pretty crazy. Good drivers that ran that car. Because I think what's his name, Cecil Gordon, I believe, ran the twenty four right at one point, and he was consistent. I believe. Didn't didn't Cuckoo Marlin at one point run it? I think so. Yeah, on like a part time basis. So like it. I mean, it's not like um, that number was uh, ran by bums before before Gordon. You know, there's some pretty um, noticeable drivers. Oh, okay, yep, Cecil Gordon. So, yeah, I was right. So, a lot of history uh, with that number. But, damn, that's crazy to think. Like, damn, Chase Elliott didn't win a single race in that 24. Oh, he should have won, like, an 10. Official race. Yeah, I know. Like, that should be, it. That should be like, 110 wins at this point, I feel like. But it uh, didn't happen. Good on Byron. But, um, yeah, yeah, good job. So, Congrats to him. Hopefully that team continues um, their run of success and uh, doesn't slump. But, hey, you never know. We'll see. We'll see. But keeping it in the uh, Chevy family and partly in the Hendrick family as well. Oh, boy. You know, this history has sort of um, kind of sort of repeated um, uh, repeated it itself here. Back in the 1980s, Dale Earnhardt and Jeffrey Bodine got into it on track a few times. And Rick Hendrick called out NASCAR for not policing this because it was starting to get out of hand. Now fast forward to 2023, Rick Hendrick is calling out Ross Chastain and Trackhouse, saying how he doesn't care that it's a Chevy driver, that he is sick of them wrecking their race cars. Now, in case you didn't see it, Ross Chastain and Kyle Larson on the restart with, what was it, Jared? Four to go? Five to go? Maybe less? Maybe more? Very few to go. Yeah, basically in the closing laps, in the crunch time, okay? It's time to see who is going to come in clutch, right? Restart happens, green flag, enter turn one. They both went for the same real estate, took each other out. Race over for both of them. Two of the best cars towards the end, taking each other out, both Chevys. It wasn't a good look. And then Ross Chassand in his post-race interview just didn't apologize for nothing. And then Jarrett tried to get um, a word from Kyle Larson, but Kyle Larson was just, he was gone, man. And Jarrett um, got it on video. That was pretty funny. So, so you, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, he got that on video. He got it on video, but um, uh, yeah. So that's led to a bunch, um, that's led to a, um, a, um, a bunch of conversations happening um, 
in and out of the sport amongst the fans and team members because later in the week, um, Justin Marks addressed it um, on Sirius NASCAR and said that he has had very serious talks with Ross Chastain since the incident. Eric, I'll start off with you. Um, what were your thoughts? Um, well, first off, what were your thoughts on the uh, incident? And secondly, um, I know you had just talked about it in the hot take, but how do you like the way it's uh, been handled? Yeah, well, I appreciate you, Darian, trying to be, uh, you know, play both sides, be very objective and neutral, saying that they mm-hmm. took each other out. It was all Ross Chastain, or well, at least 98%. You don't think that was 50-50? No. I won't say 50-50, well, yeah, but it, okay, I think no, it, was it was both 90, of them. Okay, it was okay. 90-10, Ross <laughs> Chastain. I mean, Larson drove in a little low, knowing that Chastain was going to slide up. Ch- uh, Larson was giving him help, himself some room to slide up the track to avoid Ross. But Ross com- overcommitted, drove in too deep. He never lifted. I think Larry McReynolds pointed out he did not lift going into okay. turn one. This isn't qualifying. You're entering low. You got to lift. Chastain wrecked himself. That one, I'm going to give that one at least 90% Ross for see, the wreck. No, no. See, the re- oh, hold on. Just the reason I asked that was because I ran a poll and like um, the options were A, Ross Chastain, B, Kyle Larson, C, they're both dumb AF. So <laughs> dumb yeah. AF was like 43%. Well, so I could agree to a point with that one because, you know, Ross was retaliating mm-hmm. against Larson for Larson squeezing him into the wall to restart previously. Now, right. I-, I didn't see this at the track, but I think the two of them got into it a little bit early in the race. I think in that case, it was Ross squeezed Larson a bit. So, you know, Ross squeezes Larson. Larson squeezes Ross. They should be yeah. even. I don't think that justifies Chastain overdriving turn one on that final oh, yeah. restart. So uh, in my it, opinion, is it fair to say 70, 30 then? I guess. Seven, sure. I'd take 70. Okay. I, my okay. point is it, it's definitely more on Ross Chastain. He knows it. Justin Marks knows it. Rick Hendrick, okay. everybody knows it. It was mostly on, on yeah. Ross Chastain there. Um, and so, yeah, as for the incident, it's just no grace under pressure. You know, I think Ross Chastain is incredibly talented, but you know, he hasn't won a race now in over a year. And off the top of my head, I can't think of any other glaring examples like this one where he just made a bonehead mistake going for the win. I, I can't think of anything quite that dramatic other than, you know, you could argue Pocono with Hamlin, they're side by side for the lead. Hamlin definitely squeezed him. Now but Ross don't... could have played that differently, perhaps. You know, Hamlin yeah. keeps saying he let Ross wreck himself. I don't know if that's exactly true, but maybe now, there's a point. Now, really quick, Eric, I'm, I know um he um hasn't won in a while, but don't forget, he is the points leader still, Ross Chastain. He, 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 he is the points leader. No, I, I'm not saying what like we've talked about this. Jerry, you've talked about this in recent weeks. Like Ross, I mean, you said Ross shouldn't change because it's working for him. And you know, I, I think it's a fair argument. He is leading the points. He was in the championship four last year. My argument is that it's working to a point. He's not winning races. And at the end of this race, you could hear over his radio, he was talking to his crew about, you know, hey, are we, do you think we're even with Larson? How do you think Larson's going to react to that? And it's just, you know, those are not the conversations you want to be having coming down to the potential final restart. You don't want to have to worry about retaliation. It's avoidable. And unfortunately, Ross, through all the contact, all, this, all the different things he's been a part of this year, he's just invited that extra controversy, that extra drama that does affect how the end of these races mm-hmm. play out. So um, I, I think it was probably Chevy gave Justin Marks a call. That's just my guess speculation and said, Hey, you do need to talk to your boy. You've, you've instigated incidents that have taken Larson out a couple weeks in a row now, or two of the last three weeks, something mm-hmm. like that. Like you should definitely sit down and talk to him. I, I would not be shocked if that happened, yeah. but I also don't blame Chevy or Justin Marks for having those conversations with Ross. If you can learn, if he can learn to dial some of the aggression back, pick and choose his battles more carefully I think he's going to be a better race car driver. The results will be even better. Like he's scary fast. If he can also, you know, think with his head a little more than with his right foot, 
If he's scary fast and smart, oh, he's dangerous. Yeah. Oh, he's absolutely, he's very dangerous. Right now he's dangerous for a different reason because he can take <laughs> you out at any moment. Um, but yeah, that's all. Really quick, uh, shout out to uh, Ross Crastain for the two-hour super chat. Are you silly? I'm going to send it. Oh, we know. <laughs> we've, we've known for a while. We've known for a while, but thank you for the uh, $2. But yeah. Well, I, I'd say, you know, if you're looking at it from, the, like, I guess, if you're looking from an outside analogy uh, of this, Ross Chastain is like the biggest gunslinger in football. Mm-hmm. Like, his aggressive style, and I'd say aggressive drivers in general, are like the gunslingers, you know? And so, mm-hmm. so you'll have gunslingers at times that, that you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. Mm-hmm. Ross Chastain is like going full-on Brett Favre at this point without stealing from people. Hey, no, I'll, I'll say Brett Favre early <laughs> in his career. Like, you remember, like, oh, my gosh, Favre early in his I, career? I'm a Vikings just, fan. I remember, mm. I remember the bad part. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, but but my, my like I said in the hot take part, I think – I don't think that when people say you should dial it back, I don't think that I'm thinking the same way they are when I think you should. I think you should in some ways, uh, but I think it should be very minimal in my opinion because the end of that race, like I said, he wasn't the only one driving like an that that I mean, one, Truex was oh, an idiot was, the restart were, before. Truex did oh, the yeah. exact same thing. Let's, yeah, Truex. I, what was up with Truex? Twice. He did not give. Yeah, Truex had a entire day. Yeah, Truex had a rough day. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, bad day. The different. The different. Sorry to interrupt. Is that it's uncharacteristic for Truex. We're yes. shocked mm-hmm. that Truex made two overgressive. We're not surprised that Chastain did what he <laughs> wow. did. And that's yes, like, and, and um, it is his reputation. I I don't think that Ross should be given an inch. He's built up a reputation. He should. You know, you live by the sword, die by the sword. That doesn't just apply to the moves you make, but it also applies to the repercussions for it. I I just the last thing that especially if it's not brought on solely by Justin Marks. The last thing that I would want is for Ross Chastain, the weapon he can be to be in his own head then mm-hmm. more than he was even. Are we even, are we not like even with that? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I really don't think too much needs to change. I just think that the issue is, is too. um, a lot of the drivers I don't think aren't used to anyone being that aggressive up there. Like who's the last driver we can really think of that rattled so many people's cages, ruffled so many feathers. I'd say Joey Logano. Ooh, and that you know was what? really sure. when he started yeah. doing really good. So I think that's part of it. Yeah. I don't want to go full Kyle Petty and run defense for Chastain, <laughs> though. Uh, yeah. I, I think I think that's going way too far with it uh, because he's not, you know, it, it's not like he's not at fault. He, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, you said 70-30. I'm giving it 80-20. Like, Larson drove mm-hmm. a little bit dumb, uh, but I think Larson should be afforded a little bit of like leniency with that because he's a champion. He's won tons of races. He's been up there. He has he's raced clean, race clean uh, as well. He's raced clean. He's had times too. Sometimes, I mean, yeah. Ask, <laughs> yeah. I, I'd say ask any Chase Elliott fan about auto club and Watkins Glen. Very <laughs> yeah. Much yeah. <laughs> um, and I wouldn't blame them. Uh, so I think that's where I'm, I'm at with this whole thing. I, I, mm. I do think there needs to be something done, but I also don't think it's to the level that everyone else thinks it is. I think this is a natural cycle in NASCAR. What one way or another, whether it is Justin Marks or the drivers, somebody is going to get him tapered down because it, it is not sustainable now. But it is freaking entertaining. Oh, we love it. Yeah, it gives us something to talk about, of course. And hey, absolutely. Once Ross Chastain made that move, I was like, hey, I was clapping in the in the uh, in the media center, like, thank you, Ross, once again for giving us something to talk about <laughs> again, bro. Now, um, 
Um, still relating to uh, Ross Chastain, I got to ask you guys this. I've seen some more comparisons now to uh, some certain drivers from the past, uh, like a, a Dale Earnhardt Sr. Uh, and a, a very young Ernie Irvin, um, to be exact. Um, I don't know, um, Eric, um, are you uh, starting to go with the uh, Dale Sr. comparisons here? I don't know. Like, <sighs> to some extent, I get it. To some extent, well, I get it. To not given an inch, beginning, middle, end of the race. Yeah, that part I get. But Dale Sr. won 76 races. Ross is at two. I'm going to let <laughs> Ross win a few more, and then we can maybe start. Like, that's that's the difference yeah. is Dale knew how to, you know, more times than not, felt like he knew how to finish races. Um, and I'll say Joey Logano, it felt like more times than not, knew how to finish races, even when he was, I think, a little more of a terror on the racetrack five, yeah. ten years ago. But, you know, um, Dale so. Sr., he had to learn as well. I mean, very yeah. early in his career. But I mean, also, too, in his second year, he won a a, a, a championship as well. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Yeah, well, like, this is really, if we really think about it, this is, like, this is Ross's third year. Because I'll count that first year with Ganassi as he's in a competitive car. Not a championship mm-hmm. car, but that's, like, a yeah. that's a car that can run top 10 or 15 any week. Um, this is really only his third year in good equipment. So, he is still learning quite a bit. And so, you know, I don't expect him winning two races last year. We all said holy crap, that is really impressive that Trackhouse put together the run, Chastain put together the run that they did last year. I didn't expect that so soon, but now that he set that bar for himself, you know, I think, you know, expectations are a little higher. And I, and I think just as far as wins are concerned, he's under, under, I guess we're under delivering so far this season. On wins, yeah, that, yeah. That's all. I yeah. Agree. Just on wins. I agree. So, I mean, I think there, there's a couple drivers you can look at with them. I mean, one is you could look at him being a better version of Jimmy Spencer. Uh, huh? That, that's another way you can I've seen uh, the Dale Earnhardt ones. I think there are parallels. Uh, it might be a little overused at this point, but there are parallels. I mean, if Dale Jr. is going to invoke the name of his dad, I don't think it's jumping the shark to do so. Right, uh, that's fair. So, yeah, and, and there are similarities. And I mean, even 10 years into Dale Sr. being full time uh, at North Wilkesboro, he made a very similar dumb mistake taking himself and Ricky Rudd out. So yeah. I get that too. I think another one you could look at though is Ernie Irvin. And and when you look at Ernie Irvin's career, um, you know, it started out now, granted, I won't say that, you know, his his rides were necessarily as good starting out as Ross Chastain's is. Uh, but it did start out kind of similar. I mean, a lot of drivers did not like Ernie Irvin for his aggressive mm-hmm. driving style. Um, I mean my God, I grew up hearing about him from my grandpa and uncle who had watched through the 90s, and the only thing they would ever call him was Swerve and Irvin. Uh, <laughs> and I think it's a very similar way of, of looking at it with Ross Chastain. I just, I don't want to get too hung up on the no, the no wins part because I made that mistake with plenty of good drivers before. I made the mistake with Byron, as many have pointed out. I've made the mistake with with uh, you know Bowman when he, beforehand and then, didn't make that mistake later. So I'm not going to do that with him just yet. I think he is plenty marketable with even being in a bit of a, of a slump right now, uh, wins wise. Uh, so I, I think that the wins will come. I think it's just refining the driving style uh, is, is necessarily just probably what has to happen. But at some point he has the speed, he has the aggression. And this is like the first time it hasn't worked out for him where someone hasn't come mm-hmm. in with a right hook right at the end on the person he's against to, to screw him over. Um, so I, I just, I think, I think so far this week, 
a lot of this has been validation for those who are like, finally, something yes. bad happened to him. Finally, yeah. you learned your lesson. It's about time. And also, it is, I, it is, it is a good point after yeah. the last few weeks. I, Ross has all the talent in the world. That's the thing is he is, I agree with you, Jerry. He is right there. Well, but even I, Rick Hendrick praised him. It was like, yeah, he has all yeah. the talent in the world. Yeah, yeah, I think you'd be blind yeah. to say that Ross has no talent. I, you mm-hmm. know, From some of the things I've heard from drivers, sometimes that's what makes them so like aggravated with Ross is they can see how talented he is. And so yeah. when he makes these mistakes, they're just, I think some drivers think they're not mistakes. I think some drivers think he's just mm-hmm. an ass, you know, and that's and that's why there's hostility. Yeah. No, there. he can know. be a he can be a horse's ass sometimes, definitely, no doubt on the racetrack. But um, a really quick um, appreciate the poll I have up, uh, Ross uh, Earnhardt, Ross Irvin. So um, the chat agrees with the Ross Irvin comparison more than Ross Earnhardt. I see <laughs> so far. We'll now, leave I'll, that up for a little bit. I'll ask you guys this. Uh, Go ahead. I do think that he's talked to him in some way, but what are the odds that? This talk and publicly putting it out there is just smoke and mirrors to make everyone just taper down for it. Oh, I, I'll please be that. If it's that, please. Oh, that I, just, be... I don't think it's going to change anything. If he goes out next week and, and you know, in any way, shape, or form is involved in another wreck or maybe causes a wreck, I just think they're still going to be mad at him. They're not going to say, oh, He's learning. Justin Marks did say he's learning. No, they're you know, still going to be talk- mad at him. Yeah. yeah, people are still going to be. I don't. I don't think no, it. But I think it's too just much for this week. Like I, I honestly don't think he said all that much other than Ross. Debbie's kind of pissed. Stop. Maybe just uh, maybe just watch it around that five car again. Yeah, or Hendrick, yeah. or or any sort of Hendrick Motorsports car. Just tone it down a little bit. You know, just tone it down. Just tone it down. But, yeah, it could be. When they call them difficult conversations, though, I'm like, okay, that that tells no. me that maybe maybe there was a little something to it. Maybe like maybe there was pushback. I could see. Yeah. I I don't know what maybe Justin says something and Ross says no. I I don't agree with that. Like there could have been disagreement between one party or another. Like, mm. I don't know if it was quite that cut and dry, but I, it's going to take time. Ross isn't going to be a new man mm. next week. It will take, <laughs> he's going to make another mistake before he turns over a new leaf. If he ever does, you know, that's, that, that's true. I will say this, even though I disagree with how he drove, I'm going to praise him. He didn't apologize. He yeah, apologized what? to like his Good. guys, but yeah. he no. didn't apologize. Finally own it, own it, bro. Just own the villain role, bro. I, I love that. That's what I love to see, man. That's what I love no, to see. I now. agree. Now, one final question pertaining to Ross Chastain. Like, let's say these conversations are serious. And let's say, like, okay, like, Ross Chastain's going to, you know, take on this, you know, much cleaner role as a driver, right? Eric, I'll start off with you. Do you think in some way it'll negatively affect his on-track performance now that he has to drive a different way? Right. Yeah, absolutely. It absolutely could. That is a risk. And I, I briefly mentioned that in my video yesterday. So that, that is a risk now. That, I think that's Another part of why Justin Marks was so afraid to address this the past year is, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't want to hurt his young driver's confidence for one, but also maybe just Ross, you don't know. Like I, I, the psychology of a race car driver, of any professional athlete, I think is fascinating, but race car drivers in particular, because there's that added element of danger, that thrill seeker component, how they view danger versus other athletes like that. I, I don't know. There's a, you, you, you don't want to accidentally unplug something that can't be plugged back in you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying and i don't know i know ross in the past and i and i hate to like paraphrase here but like he's talked about how he used to drive really angry and i think he even said there were like books he was reading there are things he would do to like actually kind of mellow out and try to change that about mm-hmm. how he raced and you know i don't know if that's been successful but maybe it has but the point is he has attempted to change his driving style somewhat in the past and he's still really fast today so I think it can be done without any harm being done to his 
driving skill, but it is a risk. You, you risk, you know, hurting the thing that makes him great or taking the thing that makes him fast away from him. Yeah. I'm just, a, I'm, I'm just a little concerned if these are serious conversations, it's like, I mean, there's certain styles drivers have where it's like, they're either a mostly conservative, like a Larson or mostly aggressive, like a Ross Chastain. And at the end of the day, um, in their own ways, um, their styles work out usually. So I'm just a little concerned. Like if these are serious, does Ross Chastain take a step back, I'm, I'm, or am, am, am I just overreacting, Jerry? If, if I'm sorry, if Ross is reading books to try and calm himself down, he read the wrong one. It's, it's probably the Art of War, is what he read. Uh, but he could get. I, that's the thing. He that is the problem is mm-hmm. Ross could get in his own head. The, mm-hmm. the diff, I think it's there's two Rosses. Just like there's two Joey Logano's. There's the on-the-track Ross, and there's the off-track Ross. An off-track Ross, an on-track Ross, are at constant war with each other about whether, you know, I feel like as soon as he gets out of the car. So it could it, it could mess with him. That's why I'm, I'm not going to take it too lightly. But I'm at the point where I think just a little tinkering, and, and he's going to set the world on fire. Like I, do, I, I, I firmly agree. stand with yeah. Larson that he very well could be that next superstar, if one marketed right, that's another problem. But two, just refines it a little bit more. He has that factor. He just needs yeah. to refine it. I yeah. agree. So, hey, the Ross Chastain saga continues in 2023. Man, who would have thought when Ross Chastain was announced in 2022 to drive for Trackhouse that he would cause this much, oh, just destruction? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. I'm I'm going to say it chaos. You know, like who would have thought? Who would have thought? But hey, he's um, super entertaining, so keep it up. <laughs> but uh, anyways, um, another controversy: uh, the restart lineup one towards the end. So um, we had one more big one um, towards the end of the race, um, and Bubba Wallace called it out afterwards too. So apparently, the two wrecked race cars involved were Kevin Harvick and Brad Keselowski, and, and they Elliott. were oh, and Chase Elliott. Thank you. And uh, those three cars were um, positioned in front of Bubba Wallace, who had made it through the wreck completely. Now, if the uh, restart order was correct, Bubba Wallace would have been in third, if I'm not yep. mistaken. Okay, he would have been in third. So obviously track position with these cars are extremely important, especially at a place like Darlington. So who knows, you know, but uh, I mean, who knows? I mean, but certainly um, had a um, had a much better shot at, at winning the race starting in third than where he was at. Still, still got a top five though, but um, I don't know. Um, it, I guess the question is, I mean, like, is, is this something we should be concerned about moving forward just with, you know, NASCAR officiating and stuff with these um, closing lap restarts, like just well, making sure they get everything so, right? So I was in the garage after the race waiting for Larson and never getting a response. Um, <laughs> but at one point, a NASCAR official came up to the group of us and it was uh, Kelly Crandall had asked, like, what was going on on this restart early in the race? He, he, and he immediately he's like, Oh yeah, this happened, this happened, this happened. We have the, the d- data right here. And then she asked about uh the that restart with what the bubble was talking about. And the official kind of just like, well, I mean, sometimes they they look at the way they're after the wreck and other times the scoring loops and it, basically what he was saying is they didn't tell me I have no idea. Yeah, like they kind of like put them in a bad spot. So They're like, I have no clue. <laughs> the the issue to me is this, is that over and over again, we talked about it last year after the Martinsville Xfinity race. It was one of the stories that was overshadowed by Ty mm-hmm. Gibbs is that 
NASCAR has been scoring it very similar, if not the exact same way, for about 30, 35 years. And that might be something that they should invest in updating at this point because the fact that we have to go back to loops and not where they're at the moment of caution, only at the end of the race, and it'll take us 25 minutes to count up where is where each person is, even though they have a scoring transponder in the car, it, to me, it, it's confusing, it's dumb. Bubba Wallace and I believe Harrison Burton were obviously ahead, obviously had missed the wreck and got screwed for it. Uh, mm-hmm. Because Elliot and Harvick and who was the other one? Uh, Kozlowski had slowed down, but were still race pace speed. Apparently, was the BS. Yeah, how? Yeah, that makes no sense. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, you, if you're if you're asking me, uh, Bubba Wallace and Harrison Burton. I might have said Harrison Smith again as a Vikings fan. No, Harrison no, you said Burton. Burton. You okay. said Burton. Yeah. Harrison Burton and Bubba Wallace got cheated out of a chance of a. Yeah, but and and you know what? Yeah. Still solid runs for them, especially Harrison Burton. Like Harrison Burton was extremely happy after the race with the sixth place run. He needed he that. Needed so it. props to him for sure. I saw him. Um, in the, I saw him in the garage, like while I was waiting for Larson, and I have never seen him so happy at a racetrack before. Like like in the yeah. Cup garage before. Yeah, yeah. So that's good to see. You know, especially with all the spins that have been happening. But you know, as far as the uh, restarts concerned. Uh, NASCAR uh, just got to do a better job with that. Got to do um, a much better job. But hey, you know, Bubble Wall still got a, uh, a top five. But who knows? Might have been a win if it, uh, if uh, it was uh, right. Guess we'll never know, fortunately. But uh, you know what? We um, we talked about Darlington, of course, and we were a part of the race in some way. Eric, um, we we just finished the podcast party bus weekend. Um, I'll start off with you, man. Just um, tell us just what was it like all weekend, man? Just I mean, it felt like one giant dream to me. I don't know how you must have been feeling. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm glad to hear that. You know, it was awesome. Uh, really appreciate everyone who came out to the meetup we did early Sunday morning. I don't know about you guys. I was floored. I, I did not expect that many people to be at the track for oh, one, it was, it was that, unbelievable yeah i couldn't like, believe it we showed up with you know a bunch of t-shirts and stuff and some uh, a bunch of hero cards to give away and there were like uh, there was a crowd of probably 20 or 30 all kind of just already huddled around so we we're like well let's just let's start talking to you let's let's go for it and then more and more came as the time went on and appreciate oh hey really quick really quick david i i we met him good to see you man it was nice meeting you bro. nice, nice meeting you yeah yeah and awesome. it was i really appreciate darlington uh and nascar letting us kind of set up shop in the uh, NASCAR mm-hmm. experience. Cause that was a great location, I think. And, but really appreciate everyone coming out. It, it was awesome. Live fast was great to work with. Um, it, it was such an interesting deal. I mean, it, it kind of came together. The, the whole deal came together a little over a month ago. Um, and, you know, we'd kind of talked about doing a different race. We mocked up this whole paint scheme. We got all the different creators involved, you guys involved, uh, things changed and we ended up going with Darlington, which you know I was excited about because I love Darlington. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of folks wondered why we didn't do a throwback scheme. That's basically why, as we had this car mocked up for a different track that mm-hmm. was not going to be a throwback race. Oh, and we, then every, we can't and tell them the track, can we? No, I'm not going to tell. I yeah, can't yeah, tell yeah, them yeah, the yeah. race, but that's right, that's right. Uh, then everything changed, you know, last minute. And we we're like, well, shoot, mm-hmm. we thought about it. But then we we thought about doing like a true X throwback that was all black <laughs> or uh <laughs> Or something like that. But we just ultimately said, you know, this car is going to pop and uh, really appreciate all the kind words. I told, I think I told both of you guys this story on pit road. So I was listening. We were on pit road for a a good portion of the race. (laughs) Yeah, this is funny. 
And I had my my girlfriend and I, we both had scanners. We were both tuned into MRN for this part mm-hmm. on the MRN frequency. And I don't know if anybody else who's out there has had this issue, but I've had this happen a few times. There's some interference and I could hear at certain points, I could hear like a dad and his like probably eight-year-old son somewhere in the stands. Like they also had headsets and they had mics. And I occasionally I'd hear them cut in and say like, oh, hey, look at that pass for the lead. You know, and I was like, oh. And at one point early in the race, it was so cool. I'm listening and I hear the dad go, Hey, look at the the pink and yellow car. That's out of the groove. That's that's Eric. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. Watch that show on YouTube. And there's a pause, and the little kid, bless his heart, <laughs> that car is ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I was dying. I I look because I heard him talking about how and I was like, and I looked at my girlfriend. We were, I was like, oh, that's so sweet. You're hearing that? Like that's so nice. Oh my god. And then that kid just brought me right back down to earth. Um, <laughs> oh so, uh, man! Shout out to uh, the kid and his dad if you are watching this. Um, that was humbling for sure, yeah, but no, yeah, it was great. It was great. It's it 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 not for everyone, but, uh, it, it, oh, it was man. a great weekend. Again, appreciate live fast. I mean, I don't know that we'll ever get an opportunity to sponsor or have our logos on a cup series car. Again, that's not something that most fans ever hey. get to see for themselves. Hey, this is forever. Basically, you know, I know. like being a we part are in of the this, history forever. We're in a so. small part of NASCAR history, like 0.0001% of history. We're, we're like so. one pixel on a 4k screen of NASCAR. Yeah, see? Hey, we're a part of it. We're a part of it, but it's it was, it was incredible. also really cool um, um, during the practice sessions and qualifying. Shout out to the fine folks at Fox Sports for giving the car some TV time. Really appreciate it. But the funniest part, of course, was um, uh, the qualifying part. Because first off, they were um, um, they were um, saying the um, the scheme was sort of a Marty Robbins throwback. And I get it. I get it, you know, because of the, uh, the color scheme. And hi, Danny B., um, Danny B talks will be um, rejoining us next weekend. I hope you're feeling better, buddy. Anyways, but um, so then the car is, um, is uh, um, leaving pit lane. And then Boyer says, hey, look at that. Um, one part says downforce. The other says out of the groove. If if you don't have downforce, you're going to be out of the groove. <laughs> I need to like make that the new intro of my show. <laughs> Just that sound bite, that clip. The great research of Fox Sports. Oh man. I'm kidding. Marty, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But but the Marty Robbins uh comparison was funny because there's some guy that like always comments on every one of my posts or videos or um YouTube shorts <laughs> saying him. just Marty Robbins. <laughs> That's and the whole was, comment. It was Marty finally, Robbins. it was finally like there's finally a reference to Marty Robbins for real <laughs> this time. So yeah. Oh man. But um That's pretty cool. But, but yeah, again, thank you guys so much. It was an absolute dream all weekend. Thank you to the fine folks over at LiveFast. BJ McLeod, Matt Tift, of course, we got to speak to him before the race. And of course the fans for being able to make this happen. And it, like, I'll be honest, like I was like kind of overwhelmed by the amount of fans we were at um, that were at the, um, the NASCAR fan experience. That's I was cool. shocked. I mean, I know we talked about it, but for that many fans to come up to us and, you know, ask for our autograph and like speak to us for a while and stuff like that was wow. Like I'll, that's the type of stuff I'll never forget. So thank you guys so much. It was awesome. That yeah, was really, really appreciate it. My voice was dead after the, like, we were there. I was, we were there for like over an hour talking. Yeah. It was a constant flood. Like, it was insane. So, I really appreciate all at, you guys. At one point, there were so many people and like everyone was talking and everything like oh, that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kyle Bush was up on the QA stage. And at one point, I saw him like, as he's getting asked a question, like, he starts on? looking into the back trying to see what's going on and it's yeah what's going on back there typical youtubers disrupting now, the show now I, <laughs> disrupting I wanna, the piece <laughs> i i do want to point out this one story really quick now 
there was this one lady who got the uh one of the programs right and mm-hmm. uh i she had asked somebody <laughs> who are these guys and once they said youtubers takes a few steps the other direction <laughs> rips it up throws <laughs> it away thank you so much ma'am <laughs> Wow, I didn't hear I didn't see that. No, because, because she's like she's like, are they drivers? No. <laughs> like, do we look They're like YouTuber. drivers? Bro, like if we were drivers, we'd be preparing to race, right? But nah, it was oh boy. That was, stage hey, there with I wasn't even, hey, I wasn't even mad about that. Like once I heard about it, I was that was hilarious I love, to me, bro. That is like, funny. It, it it is funny in person. But no, that I mean this whole weekend was insane <laughs> from Friday getting there and seeing it like the whole time, I'm just, I'm like, I think it was like until after the race, we couldn't touch it. And I'm like, I just, I want to touch it to know it's real. Yeah. You can't touch it. Oh, okay. <laughs> when can I touch it? <laughs> it's like, after the race. Am I going to have to follow you around all day? <laughs> but, hey, shout out to the team. I mean, they finished where? 30 seconds. So um, they finished ahead Ooh. of, um, so we finished ahead of Austin Dillon, Daniel hey. Suarez, hey. Brandon Poole, and Michael McDowell. McDowell's oh, no. supremacy is over. It's over. The McDonald's king has been vanquished. Yep, it's been yeah, dethroned. Definitely. Sorry, bro. <laughs> but um, you know what? Um, it sucks it didn't finish the race, but you know what? They didn't get last. There you go. That's what it's I all give, about, right? I want to give a shout out to the folks that also, I saw a few folks with podcast party bus t-shirts, including there was mm-hmm. a guy on the big screen who was grilling at his, I think his RV or something or his campsite. Yeah. And he got interviewed on the big screen and I saw he was wearing a podcast party bus shirt. And I thought, oh, is that somebody I know? And I was like, no, I don't know that guy. It's just a dude. Just a shout out to that guy uh, yeah. cooking out and uh, representing. That was awesome. Hey, but you know what? Hey, you know, you never know what the future holds. I hope one day Team Live Fast turns into one of the most prominent teams out there. We spoke to their competition director. They have some pretty big ambitions for that team in the future. And hey, you know what? If they end up winning a uh, a championship down the road, always remember we were with them at the very start. <laughs> always remember that. They can so. throw back to us. Yay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> they could throw it back to us oh my god that's crazy but anyways thank you guys so much it was a blast um but you know now it's history i'll, I'll do a, one more final plug shameless plug i saw you put mm-hmm. it in the description oh here. yeah go you, ahead, you go can ahead. still pre-order the die cast if you uh saw it uh on the race track. if you were at the race yes. you saw how that thing popped. and um really quick you blue... put it on your shelf one day you can pre-order it down mm-hmm. below and really quick blue jimmy if you don't mind uh copy and pasting that in from the description <laughs> well, he's probably okay. way ahead of you yeah. how about we uh also Read it off for the the audio listeners that'll be listening this week. The, the uh, yes, dailydownforce.com uh, slash shop. Uh, you can find uh, all sorts of good stuff there. A lot of folks have asked if we're going to be selling uh, pit crew shirts like what you're wearing, Darian. I'm mm-hmm. sort of wearing a version, a variant of that. Almost looks like a bowling shirt since you can't see the full thing <laughs> from how I'm sitting. Um, I don't think we will, but I will check on that. Uh, I've gotten a few comments, so I need to check on that. I'm not sure if we'll be able to. Licensing things, you know, um, mm-hmm. but... Uh, we'll see because I, I did see some interest on that, which is yeah. awesome. I, and people, again, I always remind people, if you ordered this car from Phoenix, I've got word it's going to be arriving at the end of this month. It'll be shipped out early. It'll be arriving early June. So nice. keep a lookout. I get comments every day. It's almost <laughs> here. I'm so excited. Anyway. Nice. You won't have up. to get those comments soon. Pretty soon now. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, thank you guys so much for making it happen. It was a blast. But you know what? Now it's, a, it's um, officially a part of NASCAR history. So. Well, Let's, how about on. this? Let's see how many people uh, saw the podcast. Ah, yes, sir. On yes, TV. sir. TV ratings. Let's get into it. Let's do uh, it. So we got a 1.43 on the ratings department, 2.689 million viewers. 
Meaning the rating was down 1%, but the viewership was up 3%. Fifth straight mm -hmm. week that the viewership That's the is up. NASCAR Weekly Podcast bump. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, looking at this more in depth and looking at the rest of the weekend, uh, 555,000 were in the key demo. 21%. Uh, one of the only times this year it's been above 20 which is uh, ironic considering it was the throwback weekend, you know, like yeah, it's all yeah. about the past old yeah. stuff. Well, <laughs> 7% increase of the overall uh, amount in the key demo last year, seeing how this year at 555 last year at 517, 21% uh, in the key demo overall was better than last year's 19%. Uh, so overall, very good week. Uh, all things considering for the cup series, uh, looking at the Xfinity series on Fox, going to be an unfair comparison, but a 35% increase from last year. One almost 1.3 million viewers on Big Fox on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. uh, and let me double check this. I believe that's similar to when Pocono had a sat uh, Saturday afternoon race. I believe in 2021. Oh yeah, oh yeah, um, that's right. Forgot yeah, that's that. only about a hundred thousand less than that mm. now granted that i forgot about the pocono double header man that feels like i feel like that, that was a long like a time dream ago I, I know i know it feels like a fever dream right but no xfinity ratings yeah. not, not but bad, any not anytime bad. the xfinity series in any way can approach what a cup race does is pretty impressive yeah uh the only negative part of the weekend here was at the the start of it only 479,000 watched the truck race as an 18 percent decrease Ooh. uh so What's not good, but you, you know what? Mm. If any series is to have a one week really bad decrease, yeah. I'd rather probably be the truck series. That's fine. <laughs> um, That's fine. Let's be You'll be all right. <laughs> I looked at the key demo for that, and they had less than a hundred thousand in the key demo. I think it was like eighty-seven thousand uh -oh. or ninety-seven thousand. Um, Damn. That's that's so, odd. <laughs> it's still the normal percentage, but yeah, that was the rating so far this week. Uh, Darian, I put the I put some results in there. Uh, that actually now the host can can look at, so I don't have to bombard everyone's ears every week for this. The uh oh for the next segment, yeah. Oh, so I get to read it this go, time. Here we go, go for it, man. And it's once again time for the poll, the famous iceberg poll on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. And I see what he's talking about now. Um, so as far as this week's poll ratings go. Let's get into it. Oh, wow. I get to actually read it off. That's so cool. So cool. All right, here we go. So 27% of you thought the Darlington race was a great one, followed by 57% thinking it was good. Leave, uh, excuse me. Um, leaving us with a 84% um, net positive. Now, um, that leaves us with a 12% thinking it's average. Uh, um, as well as 2% um, thinking it was below average, and then 2% bad, leaving us with a, a net negative of only 4%, which is one of the lowest ones this season by yep. far, for sure. So very entertained by this race. Uh, mo uh, most of y'all were. Um, so yeah, thank you guys for voting. But uh, let's get into the uh, the comments now. We got some spicy comments, I assume, right? I'm going to... I'm going to shake it up a little bit for the first comment just because it's the same. It's been the same three people. And I found somebody who commented literally two seconds after the first two. Okay. So we got to so, change it up. So we we want to change it up with somebody bit. different this week. My apologies okay. to those who are quick on, on the draw. Uh, but Irving boy two, was he positive, negative or meme? I'm going to say meme. Meme. 
He says, Ross Chastain versus Kyle Larson, the rivalry we never knew we needed. Hey, hey, you know what? I hope they may both make it to the championship four. It's and a, it's a some, fantastic mm. rivalry. You have two guys who aren't like Larson. And it's a little surprising Larson didn't speak to the media afterwards because in the past, he's pretty comfortable. Like like when Hamlin and him got together the week before, like he, he could have been a little more mad. He wasn't really, yeah. he was a little disappointed, but he was just that's Look, hard racing, you know, yeah. the John Harnemachek deal, hard racing, Hamlin and him at Darlington a couple years ago, hard racing, the Kyle Busch, Chicago land slide mm-hmm. job, hard racing. You have two guys who aren't afraid to dish it out. And they're also really not afraid to take it. So, and they're both stars, mm-hmm. both super talented. Like this is a great rivalry. This is what we've been, I think, waiting for, for a while. Yeah. That's the type of stuff you'd love to see if you're a NASCAR fan, for sure. Uh, now, looking at the higher voted comments, By Not has the top one at the moment. It says Carl Edwards was fantastic in the booth. He was incredibly informative and insightful. It was as if he'd actually been in the booth calling races oh. for the last seven years instead of sailing the Atlantic. The guy's a natural. Oh, that was also another thing we forgot to talk about. I mean, like we were hearing uh, different parts during the race in the um, in the media center, but. The uh the broadcast sounded good. I mean, you had Bill Elliott in there towards the end, um, both the uh both uh Kyle and Richard Petty at the very beginning, and then Carl Edwards as well. Um, which by the way, I mean, like Carl Edwards is kind of teasing about a return. I, I don't think yeah. it'll happen, but you know, he's he's not coming back. He's not coming back, I don't think. But <laughs> but um yeah, he was uh, talking about um about that during the broadcast and in the uh, NASCAR uh, fan zone experience thing. So, well, so interesting. I've, I've been, you know, I've been rewatching the 2009 season and, and Kyle Petty was in the booth from 07 to 14. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I think of with Kyle Petty in the booth anymore is let me tell you about this man. I, I, I'm just saying it like this man. All right. I'd say it like it is. <laughs> Come on, and, man. And, and you have that, like, I, I can't, get that's enough, incredible. I, I that's can, incredible. Yeah, I, that's incredible. I can't get enough phlegm built up to do the little like, <laughs> thing he did with his voice, but like, or, oh my god oh my god <laughs> yeah he's he, he's something uh yeah. in the booth uh <laughs> oh my god i did uh hold on uh biff greggle is the next <laughs> okay one. now i see why you needed to compose yourself <laughs> uh it says race was exactly the kind of shrug inducing chaos that nascar wants we also didn't get nearly enough shots of regan smith's dick bergen tribute hat Oh yeah, yeah. He was uh, he was rocking it. He was rocking it, and uh, so was uh, Josh uh, Josh Sims as well during the truck um, during the uh, truck race, of course. I like how we call that the Dick Bergeron hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, isn't it yeah. a isn't it like oh, it a newspaper boy hat or something like hat? that? But I, I like I the Dick Bergeron hat better. That's what I'm gonna start calling it. And people <laughs> are all gonna be like, huh? And I'm just yeah. gonna... that's a Bergeron hat. Only NASCAR fans will get the reference. There you go. <laughs> uh, Josh Bob says, as a Byron fan, I just must say thanks, Ross. Yes, I was so course. tempted Thank in the you. chat. I'm sorry. I was so tempted in the chat. Doodlebug just like randomly commented, I hope Danny B is okay. And it's like, yeah, we all, he, he's fine. Like we all, yeah. but I was so tempted to just comment, he's not. No, <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Don't I was do so that. tempted to. I mean, so he's funny. been in the chat. They know he's there, I know. That's though. why it was like so random. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, that's just made me laugh. We don't want to scare our fan base. No. I know. But I, about, I just, I let my intrusive thoughts almost went yeah. out for a moment there. Now in season one, we probably would have done that, but not now. <laughs> but, oh man, uh, God Bob says. Oddly enough, we've had some really good races this year. I can imagine how yeah. awesome they'd be though at nine hundred horsepower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What could have been for sure? But I mean, for the most part, I think it's been pretty fantastic for the most part. Uh, Josh says, "So damn proud of Harvick. Slow start, got better, 
top 10, got caught mm-hmm. in a wreck, then had an opportunity, got runner-up. Can't get much better. Well, now, just now he, did, he just Now he got some help from the officials, of course. But you know what? Still a great run. Still a great run. <laughs> no, all right. <laughs> uh, Timmy Wolf says, ah, uh, Timmy. two weeks in a row, two awesome races. For once, I actually predicted the winner. Sucks for Truex and Chastain. They were dominant cars of the day. Uh, but another good run for Elliott. Yeah, and what, what did they both have in common? They were driving in over their heads, both of them, for sure, that day. Uh, let's scroll a little bit more down the line. Let's get to oh, the gutter. to the gutter, the gutters, yes, down to the gutter comments, my favorite. I love the gutter. Get Eric, your don't head you like the gutter. the gutter. Don't you love the gutter? I love the gutters, bro. Oh gutter ball. God, I am wearing great. a bowling shirt. Ah, oh, bowling ball. Oh, Who do you think you are? I okay. I, I, <laughs> yes, yes. Jared doesn't get that reference, though, Eric. You don't get yeah, it. Yeah, he does. Does he, do you, do you get the, what's that guy's name? The bowling guy. I know you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, what's his name? Yeah, he has yeah, a really easy. Oh, he has okay. a name. Oh, chat well, will let me know. I bet he has a name. Yeah, um, yeah most people do. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so there's there's three at the bottom. Again, I'm going to preface. These are not my statements. I just want to get the full story. Uh, so. Pete Weber, there it is. There right you here. go. There you go. Thank you, chat. A bunch of capital letters in an odd order says, NASCAR <laughs> is one of the worst motorsports. The cars uh-huh. suck because of lack of horsepower. The races always end up being two laps or ten laps max. Okay. What? Uh, <laughs> long runs aren't a thing anymore, and deserving winners are robbed every week because back markers cause caution. Damn, uh, called I, Ryan Newman I, I believe, a back marker. <laughs> yeah, I believe um, Ross Chastain isn't a back marker anymore. Oh, <laughs> He's actually too, yeah, good for yeah, wins. Well. Yeah, but um, okay. Um, since when are NASCAR races ten laps? That, that's a new one. <laughs> well, we got our shorter races. We all wanted to experiment. There um, we go. There you go. Jeffrey Gortz with the second lowest comment says, <laughs> oh, "Slick Willie B with win number three. Dang, oh, people dislike. That's it. Voted that. That's it. That's good. They, just, they must not be a fan of that nickname. I don't yeah. know. Y'all are gonna like this even better because uh, oh. I think it's it's different every time you look at it. But it, but it <laughs> definitely it goes off of a lot of dislikes. Yeah. The lowest comment is from Denny Delivers. Whoa! Ooh, what? That's a, pro- that's a surprise, what? bro. What happened? <laughs> and it's funny. He fell off. Oh, here we go. He's got four upvotes. Okay. Um, okay. Ross Chastain on the on the restart with Kyle Larson on outside. Don't take a look at what he did. <laughs> oh, come on. Why y'all hating, bro? That was good. That was a good one, y'all. Come on now. That that's first cl- one was the worst. That's that was- a classic Denny Delivers meme. Yeah, comment. that first one doing? was the worst. Are they getting tired of Denny Delivers memes now? Or whatever? <laughs> Is he following her? Yeah, yeah. I love him, y'all. Come on. Don't get tired <laughs> of his stuff. I love him. I saw him in the chat earlier. I saw what incarnation got ratioed by RFK on oh, yeah, Twitter. Yeah, Did you yeah. just see that? Hey, 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 Carnation, you know what you're doing, bro. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Bro. I'm just saying it's been a rough day for the meme account. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, um, will that conclude the famous iceberg poll, Jared? That will. And once again, that'll do it for the famous iceberg poll on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Uh, well, we do have two other races of the weekend. Xfinity was one mm-hmm. of them. That was the one we all got right. Yes, Xfinity. Yes, Kyle Larson. Um, amazing finish. I mean, spectacular racing, really. By the way, I mean, you know, Darlington. It races a certain way too. But um, these finishes, man, something about this Xfinity Series package in Darlington have made these finishes. Oh my goodness! Three of the last four um Xfinity um uh, finishes at Darlington 
have been historic. Uh, it's well, it's crazy. Don't don't rule out either. Was it twenty twenty? I believe was Chase Briscoe oh, versus Kyle. That's Bush. right. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Can't forget about that. Yeah. Can't forget about that. So no, this was, this was a fantastic finish. I mean, John Hunter seemed unwilling to change his line, allowed Larson to close. Mm-hmm. Larson's a vet, and this is his style of racetrack. He could hang it out. Basically, right. what it came down to is, I think, and I, I don't remember where I heard this. It might have been on Door Bumper Clear this week, but it, I think it was a good, accurate description. You had John Hunter, maybe the fastest car, trying to hold off Larson, who was easily the best driver at that track in that race. Mm-hmm. And uh, the driver won out in this case. And I'm, Larson maybe had a better car, too, towards the end. He did eat into uh, John Hunter's lead quickly there in the mm-hmm. closing laps, but... I thought the final lap, if we want to talk about the con, if there's any controversy there, you know, the only thing I saw Larson do wrong, if at all, is he kind of squeezed John Hunter. It looked like maybe into the wall ever so slightly when they entered turn three, like he pinched him just a little bit on entry. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, John Hunter wasn't mad about it. Uh, Larson, I mean, I, at that point, I just think two guys door to door, not giving an inch. It's a narrow track. That's hard racing. Well, yeah, that's hard racing to me. The, the John actual... Hunter immediately tried to right rear Larson, basically after <laughs> he got pinched. So I mean, yeah. they both got a swing in. That's what I guess mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. The the actual real, if you want to call it a controversy, I call it interesting. So oh. I saw Couch Racer had tweeted it, and a couple others had corroborated it, including a picture. Uh, his pit crew boycotted going to victory lane with him, uh, and the reasoning because his pit crew is the cup crew for Ross Chastain. And after oh. the deal that happened a couple weeks back at Dover, or might have been, uh, they didn't specify which one, but it was probably Dover, sounded like he flipped off the crew coming through the garage. So they said, screw you. We, this isn't our team anyway. They lease us out. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. And that know, is crazy. And you know where it would have been really interesting to hear about it? With 10 laps to go, uh, Fox wanted to drum up drama, but nobody talked about it. Man, come on, Fox. Come on, man. You got to drum up the drama. This is the stuff I say. I want, like, this is the stuff, like, drama-wise, that would be perfect for marketing a race right before. Like, right before a race. Like, these two guys, Ross Chastain's been fast at Darlington, but can't get it done. Kyle Larson, one of the best in the series, clashing. Even, like, even the crews are going at it. Yeah, that's hey. I didn't know that. Wow, like, hey, that's, interesting that's pickup. Awesome, yeah, man. that's yeah, that's funny. That's funny too. And um, really quick shout out to Carson Hosovar, his first career top ten in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and just his second career start at Darlington of all places, man. Like, you know, I know we've talked about him, you know, racing in over his head, but man, when he is on it, man, he is one of the brightest prospects in nascar currently you know i think yeah. he has um a long way to go certainly for sure but um needs to mature more as a driver and i really got that sense um you know he's um um maturing more in his interviews and stuff you know talking to him post-race i'm gonna give him that sense from he's him, really so. he's really so, mellow. Yeah. yeah very mellow you know says it like it is and stuff and yeah you know, i like that i like that for sure so Definitely has a bright future. Just uh, needs to stop racing in over his head sometimes. Mellowed you know? out. He's from good this year. Double E Cup Series days. Yeah, yeah. Think about that, Eric. I mean, how how do you, how do you feel about that, Eric? That's gonna feel pretty cool, right? To have I mean, the current driver, it. you know, be in the series, right? <laughs> We've mentioned it a few times. Yeah, it's it, that's happened to me a couple times. I remember when I first met Ty Gibbs. He said he he knew me from the stop motion videos. That was a few but years was ago. Was he was he in it? Was he in? I don't, the video? I don't know yeah. if he was, but I remember like now that there are two drivers, one in Cup, one in Xfinity, who. 
apparently grew up watching those stop motion videos I made. That's that's pretty ridiculous. Uh, um, that's that's cool, host though. of our outside of the finish. Host of our was the story for me because that seventy seven right. car. We've seen good drivers get in that car and run like twelfth. Most of our went out there and ran top 10 most of the race. That's very and, impressive. At and a also track like that. And also, I think at one point, wasn't he like on a different strategy where he only took like maybe two tires against like most, um, yeah. four tires. Well, I thought well? it was interesting. I don't remember. One of you guys actually asked the question, I think of him after the race, but he talked about how, um, Spire basically told him to be very safe, play it very safe all mm -hmm. day long. Don't push it until like the very end. And yet at some point towards the middle, maybe towards the end of the race, they left him out on like new no tires or yeah. two tires or something. Yeah. I'm like, and he held his own. Y'all like, are putting him in a very vulnerable spot. And He's, he held on. Yeah. To his credit, he did a decent job holding on to track position on older tires. So that no, Hosevar, that's what I'm saying. Besides the finish, Hosevar was the story. Yeah, that was great. And also like um, some of the most notable throwbacks, the Ken Block 98 uh, throwback was awesome. It um, did look good. Um, unfortunately, it only made like three or four laps, I think. Um, but then the uh, Jason Leffler throwback um, finished uh, top five with Cole Custer. Cole Custer starting to sort of figure it out um, a little bit. He shouldn't so. have to figure out Xfinity racing. <laughs> I know, I know. But hey, like you know, I thought he had some, this figured out in 2019. Yeah, hey, but hey, some progress is better than no progress, right? <laughs> I know, but yeah, certainly a far cry from the expectations I, we had for him. I'll say this now about Hosevar because we have very similar conversations about him, him that we do with Ross. Mm -hmm. And those two, I've seen them at the track a lot together. Yeah. I, I feel like Ross They're has a teammates almost or a mentor is in a way. It like, does seem like even at Talladega, like last year on Sunday, he was basically shadowing Chastain. Mm -hmm. uh, I would not be surprised if Carson Hosevar ends up being that next Ross Chastain type driver. Like, mm -hmm. like Ross might be starting a movement here. Hey, you know what? I, I like. I, yeah, I'd like to see that. I like to see that. Another Chastain in the Cup Series. Oh my goodness! I get a little bit about that, but I do think he's somebody to watch because he had. Mm -hmm. He's shown he has talent. He has yeah. tons of talent. Um, but oh, that's why people are putting F's in the chat. <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> but no, no, I about covered that. I, I, we got one last race with the truck race, and uh, oh yes, the Byron. truck race. Yes, Byron. Um, Willie B. Um, almost won the race. Um. Well, we thought he was going to win the race. That's why um, we were chilling and, his pistol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It um, and it was funny too. Um, his girlfriend would like, um, come outside, then go back inside, come outside, then go back inside because wasn't there like two or three um green white checkered restarts or yeah. only two? I think. Yeah, it was it was a bunch, but it was um, a, it was a bit. Hey, um, um, congrats to uh Christian Eckett's um his second win of the season. But really, I want to talk about Raja Karuth, man. I want to. Hey, you know what? It says a lot about a driver to come back from a um from a um mistake the previous race to own up to it like hey you know what that um um that was on me and he did a very solid job um was uh, competing for the win towards the end of the race yeah he did he did make a, a small mistake in this race as, as well if I remember correctly who did he Choosing, get into uh. Did he? Oh, he got into somebody. Yeah, he yeah, he got someone in. out. Yeah, I can't I remember who it was the now. top of my head, but yeah, he did have that. Uh, oh, 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 oh Hosevar! He spun out Hosevar. That's right. Hosevar. Yeah, that's he right. He was absolutely charging though uh, in the final 
long run before the restarts. Those restarts hosed him. He just was picked hey, the wrong really, lane or what really, have you. But really quick, Eric, is that um the Craig? Is that our Craig? Craig, Craig. Craig. with the ninety nine point and with the ninety nine dollar super chat. Thank you so much, Craig. Really appreciate it, Craig. That's um, awesome. Yep, Craig. Um, for those who don't know, Craig is um from the Daily Downforce. Helps us out. Um, helps Eric out as well. So really, really appreciate you uh super chatting that. He awesome. was also involved uh, at Darlington, helped, yeah. helped get that deal all put together. So yeah. really appreciate it. Him. Yeah. And um, um, well, according to the chat as well. Um, um, Marty Robbins, Haley, I see it. Yeah. Um, uh, apparently Haley Deacon led two laps. I didn't know that. but um, She did. She stayed out or something. On oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She stayed yes. out. That's right. I almost forgot. I was like, yeah, she's toast. <laughs> Those tires are cooked. But hey, shout out to Raja, man. Continues to make progress. And yeah, uh, that was his best his first race, career, no doubt. First career top 10. First well, career top 10. He, he had said, you know, last week, I won't go like too in depth, but he had said when I talked to him after Kansas, he's like, I, I expect to compete for a win. We have the speed now. And I'm yeah, like, of course. damn, that's confident. Well, <laughs> he backed it up. Yeah. And I, I, again, not going up against bums, going up against William Byron, who won the cup race this weekend, and, you know, some trucks and some, some other truck series regulars, man. So. And you know what? Keep up this consistency, and he'll be in the playoffs before you know it. So, but wow. yeah, that was that was Woo! a lightning fast weekend, wasn't it? That was everything. Wow, that was that was crazy. What a weekend! What a weekend at Darlington it was. But uh, I see what you did there. It was very lightning indeed. What's the lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast, Jarrett? What do we have? What do we have on tap for today? Oh, uh, we got a, a good bit here. Let's roll through it real quick, though. Uh, mm-hmm. Ross Chastain last Thursday was on the Pat McAfee show before he sold his soul to ESPN. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I feel like a jerk. Yeah, it's true. It it's true, though. It's true. Uh, our buddy Noah Lewis had talked to Ryan Newman after the race, and he said he'll stay around as long as it's fun. Uh, so, okay. you know, so. As long as he doesn't feel like he broke his ribs every time he spins, that's good. Oh, gosh, that's right. He did say that, yeah. <laughs> uh, Kurt Busch said he hopes to return to the Cup Series in some way after clearing concussion protocol. Uh, I hope. No timetable at the moment. Yeah, uh, I hope. NASCAR has actually done something really good for the people who want to watch on the NASCAR app. Uh, so for all you out there, if you don't want, you know, if you watch on the NASCAR app, listen up on this. Uh, they've added the ability to pause the MRN or PRN audio and given the ability to sync it up to the TV broadcast. If you don't want to listen to Clint Boyer uh, or, or whoever from NBC or whatever, you can now listen to them with the new NASCAR app update. Uh, so that's actually really cool and totally good for, for super fans who are, are on there like that. I gotta say mm-hmm. that that's pretty badass on their part. Yeah. That's pretty yeah, cool. That's we'll, nice. We'll criticize NASCAR, but we got to give him props. Got to give him props, yeah. Give him props, yeah. Uh, this weekend, Kyle Larson will be in the number seven Spire truck uh, for North Wilkesboro. And okay. uh, teams for the Cup Series especially are pushing, uh, well, if, unless they might want it for the lower series, but they're pushing uh, for permanent NASCAR charters still. It seems like that is front and center for what they want when it comes to this new deal. Uh, Kyle Busch, uh, we can talk. maybe talk about this a little bit uh, after if we want but Kyle mm-hmm. Bush stopped trying for an Indy 500 right after it seems like uh some of them been taken up one of which taken up possibly by uh Kyle Larson yeah 
So that's a shame because yeah. I really do want to see him try. I do too. Time. I do too. Hopefully it happens someday. But uh, we'll and see. then last and probably least, get your soggy and put together terribly pizza together and your creepy Five Nights at Freddy style uh, mascots I... that play Freddy. Chuck E. Cheese will partner with Hendrick Motorsports with co-branded merch, a show car with appearances possibly from drivers like Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson. Uh, Can we and, get a Chase Elliott animatronic at Chuck <laughs> And And uh, Hendrick Branding will be involved in any video games they are in with a NASCAR-style car, uh, as well yeah. as more, according to Adam Stern. But, uh, yeah, if, if anyone— You're so hard. I'll just say this to those in the, in the, in the audience. If anyone wants to, to be grossed out tonight, after this show ends, look up what Chuck E. Cheese does to prepare their—well, got caught doing to prepare their pizza. And also, the place is just nasty in general. I'm sorry. I used to love Chuck E. Cheese nah, pizza as a kid. Hell, well, I like yeah. Pizzas. yeah, Eric, are, are, are you okay, bro? You okay, bro? Well, when you're I a kid, so. it's okay. No, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if I'm a parent and I find out that somebody else's pizza was Frankenstein yeah. together to make my kid's birthday <laughs> pizza, I'm getting the hell Ooh. out of Dodge. I'm free. No. Mm. Be somebody's ass, it sounds like. <laughs> but, oh my goodness. But anyways, and that'll do it for this edition of the Lightning Round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. And now, back to the show. I'm not picky when it comes to pizza. I love CeCe's Pizza. I do Domino's, love CeCe's. I love CeCe's. The Hut Stuffed Crust. I am, even yeah. Little Caesars. They they drop a banger hey, from hey, time hey. to time. Um, what about made the breakfast pizza? Was that, was that Casey's? I can't it's remember. It's a Casey's. I never I heard admit, of Casey's. It must be a Midwest brand. <laughs> Oh my um, goodness! But um, if you've seen the AI generated commercial, I absolutely love pepperoni hug spot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like family, but with more cheese. Eric, do you get the reference, Eric? I don't know. I'm oh, sorry. look up! Oh, look up pepperoni hug spot after the show. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, it's great. You'll you'll be absolutely freaked out. All right. But, time um, time to move us back. A yes. bit of a penalty here. Yes, a penalty. Oh gosh, penalties. Oh, penalties. You know. It felt like at the very beginning of the NASCAR season, you know, it was like, you get a penalty, you get a penalty, Eric gets a penalty, everybody gets yeah. a penalty. Yeah, and Eric didn't even do anything. I don't, what's going on here? But um, anyways, we had um, another team get penalized recently, but you know what? Mm, not, not that bad in the uh, grand scheme of things. Tyler Reddick's uh, 45-23-11 team um, was docked 10 driver and owner's points uh, but fortunately, no fines or suspensions, and already has a win. Now, um, the worst that um um the worst thing that happened was uh his um his regular crew chief Billy Scott was um um ejected for the entire weekend, and Dave Rogers uh, took his place, did a solid job replacing him. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know if there's really much to talk about with this, but the only, go ahead. the only problem with this is if it's really close in that top 10 for seeding and those extra bonus points, you can get into it because yeah. uh, he's got his win. So, so we know it's not going to affect that standing at all in the playoffs. And even if, even if that were the case, that he didn't have a win. I think it would still be like a hundred or near a hundred points mm-hmm. is the difference. Um, so I, I think that's I, I think that's something that maybe five six weeks down the line you'd uh, close you know five six weeks away from the playoffs would definitely need to be revisited to see how much of a difference that makes. Uh, okay. But right now I I don't see too much of one. Uh, though again, 
one or two playoff points come round of eight can make a real big difference. Yeah. Or Talladega, if you get taken out of Talladega, it can make a real know. big difference the next week at the Roval. Yeah, you never know. We'll see if it comes back to haunt him. But, Eric, I mean, what do you think? I did not much. I mean, what was the penalty for? They found ballast, like an illegal ballast. Yeah, but also, also too, the 54 was also having problems going through inspection as well. They had to go through um, more than once. Um, But yeah, no, the 45 ended up getting the penalty because I think they failed three times, correct? And then it was like, all right, that's it. You know, you're out. Um, Crew chief. I thought they only got it twice. Or it could be twice. It could be twice. I thought it was Reddick that had it three times. That's why he's getting that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. I meant. Reddick, yeah, that's what I meant. Reddick got it three times, and then um, Gibbs only twice. Yeah. Yeah, I know. To your point, though, Jared, this moved him from eighth to tenth in the standings. That, for the time being, that's mm. two playoff points. So yeah. that is, um, you know, that could, like Made you just difference. said, Made a difference. make a difference. So, yeah. So, all right. Interesting. We'll see if it uh, um, hurts them in the long run, but um, we won't find that out until the playoffs begin, I guess. But it is now time. We have been hyping this up for. What, Jarrett, like two months at this two, point? Two, three months at this point. Yeah. Since Daytona, I think. Oh, wow. Since the very start of the season. That's right, basically. Wow. So it is time, folks. You guys submitted your list. We submitted our list as well. Um, it is time to reveal the top 75 drivers in NASCAR history to celebrate Ooh. NASCAR's 75th season. Now, some of y'all asking, but Darian, didn't they just do a list, NASCAR? Here's the difference with ours. We are sticking strictly to the 75 greatest Cup Series drivers. We're not going to, you know, go, um, we're not going to play a, a bus driver here uh, or, or a, um, a a truck driver there. No, no, no. Just 75 greatest NASCAR Cup Series drivers. And, and I, can, yeah. I can follow up with you on this. Uh, so, yeah, all four of us hosts, uh, the three of us, Danny as well, and then as well as you guys at home, all submitted our lists. Uh, I what I did was uh, we averaged the fan the, all, all the fan ones that were added in. Um, oh, that's okay. I just realized I realized what? that my my version of the stream was uh, six minutes behind. I'm like, why is the lightning going? Even though it's not going, <laughs> uh, you're good. You're so good. yeah, we we averaged everyone who sent theirs in, and it was somewhere like between like thirty and fifty. I, it was a ton. Um, average all those together to make one definitive fan list, uh, or chat list as we called it. And then we use that chat list as like a fifth host, average them all together. And this is the giant amalgamation 75 list we got. Uh, mm-hmm. so, I mean, we got five in here. We have active drivers. We have former drivers. We have pioneer drivers in there. Uh, and for you watching at home, uh, for those that are, are you know, watching the, the live broadcast, uh, we'll show you where everyone ranked them too, so you can hold our feet to the fire or ask, "Why the hell did we have them there? What did you idiots <laughs> send in?" <laughs> so, Darian, lead us off. Who do uh, who do we got as number seventy-five? I feel like this is very tight. Mm-hmm. And just to clarify, we will be um, um, showcasing um, all the way up until the very end of August um, five drivers for um, each week for this top seventy-five list. So, season. yep. So for tonight, we will be revealing 75 through 71. To start us off, at number 75, oh, here comes the recency bias comments. Willie B, a.k.a. William Byron, um, just won last week. His uh, seventh career Cup Series victory. I mean, 
I mean, this guy is only 25 years old, was born on November 29th, 1997. I'm older than William Byron. Pretty crazy. I think Um, we all are. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we all are. Yeah. So, Jared, Darian, if I'm reading this correctly, you guys did you did not have him in your top 75. We both had him close as honorable mention. I will admit, though, mm-hmm. both of our lists came in, I believe, in March. Uh, yeah, we were really early. With so, them. yeah, the host list came in earlier. So if, if you're upset at that or, or whatnot. Uh, but, yes, we had him as honorable mentions. Danny had him 67th. Eric, 69th. Nice. Uh, in the mm-hmm. chat, y'all had him at 74th overall. So yeah. that's a little bit of, of uh, I guess, recency buys, you could say. Uh, but when you look at some of the others that are going to be around him, it is pretty close to that mm-hmm. cut line anyway. He was one of them, definitely, who was on that cut line a lot. And you know what's what's impressive? I mean, only 25 years old, already on the top 75 list. I mean, let's go over these stats really quick. So, so far in uh, in – in 193 races over six seasons, uh, he has a total of seven wins, 69 top tens, nice, and 10 pulls. So still has a long way to go. Currently has the most wins this season as of right now. So, I mean, he is certainly off to a spectacular start. And also, you know, just considering the slow start um, um, in his um, 2018 and 2019 seasons, hey, not bad to be on the top 75 list this early in his career. Yeah, I just look at it. He's so young. So maybe a little bit of the reason I have him higher than you guys, I had him 69th, is because, you know, there's so much potential there. We know he's going to end his career. I, I like, I think he's going to have a Hall of Fame career, especially if he stays with Hendrick. I just think he'll mm-hmm. win enough races. But even even then, he's how old did you say he was? He's like 23, 25, 24, 20, 25. 25. He's our age. That's right. He's 25. He's already tied for 68th on the all-time wins list. Yeah. And I argue that, you know, we're going to talk about some guys in a moment that raced in like the 50s. And, mm-hmm. you know, I did favor drivers who raced in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and later. Uh, you know, I favor those wins over wins in the 50s. No disrespect to drivers who won in the 50s because they were jacks of all trades. They had to do a lot more. With, they had to build their cars themselves in many cases. Hell, they might even been their own pit crew in some cases. <laughs> but I believe the era we're in now in the last 20 or so years is more competitive than the 50s or even the 60s. So for William Byron to have already succeeded as or done what he's done at such a young age, I, I just I think seven wins for William Byron, for example, is more impressive than you know, I don't know, seven wins for, well, I know who was one of the guys who's next on our list, but someone <laughs> like a, a Daryl Derringer who raced in the fifties. I think we'll get to him in a couple of slots. Spoiler alert. Um, that's just, that's just the way I see it, but yeah. Dang, Eric, you're spoiling it for a couple. Well, I didn't mean to, I, 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 I didn't, I was looking at the all-time wins list and I didn't want to say, I, know. Oh, I, know. I didn't want to say, <laughs> you know, uh, Oh, his wins are more impressive than freaking. I, yeah, I'm just having I, a hard time finding good names on this list. I get to pick. it. I get it. Yeah, that's all I didn't good, want to make anyone too but, angry. But I mean, we can probably move on to the next one. I mean, because for his age, mm-hmm. I think that is a big part too. But we yeah. do have some other greats coming on. So how about we go to number seventy-four here, Darren? Who we got at number seventy-four? We have um, Bob Wilborn, and um, um, apparently his full name is Robert Bob Joe Wilborn, but. Um, he was um, he was a part of NASCAR's 50 greatest drivers list in 1998. Now he raced in the Cup Series uh, very sporadically over um, over a 13 year span, scoring a um, a total of nine wins, 102 top tens, and seven poles. But 
if you ask anybody who watched during that era, um, you would mostly know him for his NASCAR convertible division career, where he won three straight championships from 1956 to 1958, winning 19 races, 87 top tens, and 18 poles. So if he decided that, hey, the, um, the NASCAR Cup Series is where I want to do more races at, there's no question he could have gotten way more wins if he had sucked to, um, to just that. And um, another fun fact, um, he was the first ever Daytona 500 pole winner. Which, to yep, be fair, and, back then, qualifying was, was much it, more impressive was, and a big yeah, part of it, too. That's a good point. Uh, it was a race. It was a race, wasn't it? Well, no, no, I mean, so... Early, I mean, early on there was there was just qualifying itself, but qualifying mm-hmm. had a big importance in the early years because of that horsepower factor, manufacturer uh, factor. Good um, point. So, I mean, that is that is, I, I would say it's more impressive back in the fifties and sixties when the Daytona five hundred pole than it would be today. Yeah, uh, that's. I think that's one where, where that can kind of go over. But yeah, I mean, uh, you said nine wins, I believe, in the Cup Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, the convertible division was seen pretty close on tier. I mean, there were some great drivers who raced a convertible division almost as a, a you know, I know people mm-hmm. equate it to the Bush series, Xfinity series. Uh, but there were people who would race that and keep it at the same level as cup. Uh, now, while that yeah. doesn't count towards the cup stats, I mean, there were guys like Curtis Turner who were amazing in there and, and would race there. Some of the mm-hmm. biggest, baddest pioneers of the sport and Lee Petty, uh, so it's it's not a, an underachievement to be that clear yeah. and then translate it to strictly stock at the time. Yeah, and also just one final thing too. The best span during his career was from 1957 to 59. That's the three-year span where he won all nine of his uh, Cup Series races and didn't even run close to full-time too. So had he done that, he would have gotten way more victories for sure. But yeah, he is on the list of the 75 greatest I have to defend. I'm the only one who didn't have him in my top 75. I can't remember if I had him at 76 or 77, um, but I bumped him out because a lot of his most significant success was in technically the convertible series. Uh, But Mm -hmm. I also had drivers and I don't know, I haven't looked at the 75 list yet, Jared, that we have like the conclusive one. I don't know if he's on this list, but I had guys like Bill Rexford in my top 75. I think I gave him spot number 75 because you all, while I think he only won like one race, he, he was one of NASCAR's earliest now cup series champion. So I Mm -hmm. did value that championship over the handful of wins, but that's no disrespect to Bob Wellborn. We're narrowing this down to cup series success. That's why I had him just off my list. Yeah, true. True. Um, And now moving on at number 73, we have Marshall Teague. Marshall Teague was known as King of the Beach because of his performances on the old Daytona Beach Road Course, where um, in his four years in the Cup Series, he won at least once on the Daytona Road Course. So that's pretty cool. And also, um, another interesting fact, he walked into a fellow Daytona Beach resident, Smokey Unix's garage, and just asked to be a part of the team and voila he was a part of it it launched his career as one of the greatest mechanics in nascar history like okay um but um in total um it's very interesting looking back at his career so you look at his stats he only raced in 23 races from 1949 to 1952 but won seven races 11 top 10s and two poles and most importantly he was a part of the famous hudson hornet team 
Um, during that well, um, during that time span, they were super dominant. Uh, and yeah. another another accomplishment that he had, he was also voted into the uh, the National Motorsports Press Association's Hall of Fame, which is a very big honor. I mean, I think I think before the NASCAR Hall of Fame was made into what it is today and, and created, that was really the pinnacle yeah. of awards that you could be given as a NASCAR driver. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, especially being part of that. Uh, of the the history of the Hudson Hornet and and that whole team with Hudson, uh, which I believe, yeah, that three year span, two of those were there, and those were his best two years, uh, and seven wins too, which lines up with with you know Byron as well as a little under mm-hmm. Bob Wellborn, uh, but that's mm-hmm. about you know about where he would. I, I don't know where he is on the wins list uh, if we count them all as tied or not, but. He's right in that top 75 range there. Uh, so I, I feel like it's justified having him be on the list, right. at least towards the bottom, but still be on it. Especially, was, yeah. was mm-hmm. he in the 50 greatest? Uh, um, I don't know. He was named to the, to NASCAR's 75 greatest. I don't okay. see the 50 greatest, though. Yeah, I don't see that. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, no. I had him in my list partially, largely because of that Hudson Hornet history. Also, look at the ratio, and, and I don't know everything about, you know, I, I know... I know how Marshall Teague's obviously career life ended, but you know, winning seven races in only 23 starts, that's a pretty incredible ratio. Mm-hmm. And you know, we talked about the Hudson Hornet, you know, for a time there, it was almost felt like it was unstoppable. And yeah. you mentioned Teague's uh, technical expertise. I imagine he played a role in helping develop those cars to an extent. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, he had great cars, but I think it's all safe to say that he was partially responsible for making those cars great during right. those handful of years. So I think that's, Definitely worthy of a top 75 spot. Now, now, for those who are asking, why did he only run in 23 cup races over four years? Well, in 1953, Teague dropped out of NASCAR following a dispute with big Bill France Sr. And then went on and then um, he um, he um, went on to, um, uh, excuse me, to race in AAA and USAC racing circuits, which is basically the IndyCar series today and competed in the Indianapolis 500, well, which at the time yep. was considered a Formula One event. Well, so, and, and last yeah. thing that's oh. fitting about him, I think, before we move uh, on to the next driver, is it's fitting he was king of the beach and, and was mm-hmm. so good at Daytona Beach because not only did he unfortunately pass away in Daytona Beach, but he also was born in Daytona Beach. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. And, yeah, unfortunately, he passed away testing an IndyCar at Daytona. So he was unfortunately died there but had he stayed in the cup series who knows how many more races he could have won and also too um this is another interesting fact he was um um he was um partly the inspiration for doc hudson in cars yeah so very interesting and now at number 72 okay oh gosh i i just forgot how to say his last name say it again for me eric you just said it eric say it for Uh, me again a uh, Daryl Derringer, I think. Okay, Daryl Derringer, right? Yep. Is that right? There we oh, go. Daryl Derringer. Okay, Daryl Derringer. Um, he raced in the Cup Series um sporadically. Um, 181 races over 12 seasons. Um, uh, um, a total of seven wins, 79 top tens, nine poles. Um, winning at some of the most famous tracks in NASCAR history: the Daytona Beach Road Course, Charlotte Motor Speedway. Um, or oh, excuse me, not Charlotte Motor Speedway. Um, 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 North Wilkesboro, 
um, just, just to name a few tracks. But what was um, very interesting, um, during this era, you would see drivers make a lot of one-offs with um, a bunch of different teams during the season. So at one point during one of his seasons in the 1960s, he had raced for, in one season, um, Bud Moore, um, Richard Petty, Buck Baker and Junior Johnson. Those are some pretty that that's a that's a list of names right there. That's a list of names to drive for. And um, he also won uh, the pole for the 1965 Daytona 500, but ended up finishing second um, in in second place. So, um, but yeah, no. When he decided to race, though, um, only raced on a part time basis. But man, in those few starts, when he did, he was one of the best for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I, he, he was good. Uh, I didn't have him on my top seventy-five. I want to hear from you guys why you guys had him in the sixties. I think that's really high, but I, I didn't have him quite making my list. Didn't win a championship. I have some drivers ahead of him again, like I mentioned, that did win titles early on. I also valued, and and I don't want to like spoil too much of my list in case these guys do pop up later. But I don't, I don't know that they will. But like, I have Michael Waltrip in my top seventy-five because he won two Daytona five hundreds. Like. I don't know. That's a hell of a legacy that very few drivers can replicate. Like I, I granted he, in some eyes, in some others eyes, he was the worst driver in NASCAR period, but I don't know, two Daytona 500s. He didn't do a lot else, but that's, that's how you cement your name in the history books. I think he's a 75 greatest driver. And, uh, and so I have drivers like that in just ahead of folks like Daryl Derringer, but uh, you guys probably know a lot more about him than I do. So I'm open to being convinced otherwise why do you guys have him in the mid 60s well so i think one of them is is with seven wins and while while i i would say championships still are pretty important to look at those early i'd say the first 25 years of nascar like if people complain about today's systems they would not survive in those uh back then much of what was valued in the championship was like laps completed for instance so some Mm -hmm. years you'd have uh you know, a short track would each lap you would finish at a short track would get you a quarter point. Uh, if you were at a mile track, it was like a half point, and then like mile and a half, you got a point, and then a point and a half for bigger tracks and stuff like that. So, I, I'd say more just the raw numbers early on, and then also like the caliber of tracks that he won at too. Uh, oh. He did get third in the points, yeah. I believe, in 1965. Uh, he, but his wins, too, the, the three most impressive I saw were Riverside being mm-hmm. a road course, Darlington being a slugfest, because I believe, let me double check, but I, I don't have the numbers on me, but I believe at one point they had two 500-mile races, two at Darlington. And uh, also, and um, this is... And also, Augusta Speedway was a beast back in, the, in back in the day as well. Augusta Speedway was a pretty hard track to win at as well. He won his uh, second career race there. So, hmm. yeah. That's at least that's what I would give for it. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't look at. I didn't. I knew he didn't win any Daytona 500s or he almost crown, all, big crown jewels. No, yeah, but but uh, but seeing those here, I know seeing like seeing his last win, North Wilkesboro. There's, there's some solid solid W's on the list. Fair enough, for sure, for sure. And finally, to wrap up the first list reveal of the season at 71, ladies, you're about to scream. We have Ryan Blaney. Ryan Blaney. Kind of went out yes, there. sir. It was Ryan Blaney. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. Ryan Blaney. Sorry. <laughs> but yes, Ryan Blaney is 71 on uh, excuse me, is 71st on our top 75 list. Um, right now, he is only 29 years old. On December 31st, he will be 30. Um, but right now, in 252 races over nine seasons, 
seven wins, 116 top tens, and nine poles. Now, his luck, yeah, his luck could be better, of course, but you know, for the uh, current drivers right now, I mean, hey, the same amount of wins as William Byron. Um, you know, 116 top tens, that's something to be proud of. Extremely consistent sometimes. Um, you know, um, already in the top 75 list, just like Byron, one of the current drivers right now. And, and um, you know, if he um, wins more races and perhaps competes for a, a championship down the road, he will uh, certainly move up. I have, uh, so I had, as they can see on the screen, I had Blaney right here in 71st, um, seven wins already in his career. He's also a young driver, but I'll let y'all in. I had Alex Bowman at 70 and I have, uh, William Byron at 69. Nice. Um, yet they all have seven wins. And the reason I put them in the order that they're in is I basically went youngest to oldest, okay. you know, Byron, I guess Byron and Bowman have been in competitive equipment for about the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. So I put them ahead of Blaney because Blaney was in that 21 car for two full years before, uh, Byron and Bowman got to Hendrick. So he's had more time and has amassed the same number of wins as those two. But I see all three of those young drivers as very, very similar in my opinion, like up until recently, at least I think within case of William Byron, they've all like not quite won as many races as we think they should, but they're both very consistent. They often make solid, if not deep playoff runs, but there we're all still waiting for them to kind of pop off. And right now we're maybe seeing it from Byron, which is why I had him at 69 Blaney. I have at 71 because we're still waiting for him to just pop off like that. But again, I value wins in the two thousands over wins in the fifties. Typically, if, you're, if we're talking about seven wins now, seven wins, then I'm going to take seven wins now more times than not. Well, yeah. what what I had with with Blaney and why I think I put him higher up, especially earlier on in the season, I I would say that I, I'd probably have, would have put Byron, Byron yeah. at least at seventy five, probably Same. after this point. Um, but what I'll put with Blaney is I think he's been of those drivers you listed off far and away consistently the fastest and competed for more wins over time consistently, uh, even your earlier on in his career. Uh, again, he he has seven wins, uh, but he has always been somebody who's that top 10 style driver. Even in a year that he's struggling to make the playoffs, he's third in the standing. So oh. I, I think he definitely needs to get more wins to be higher on this list. Uh, but I think it is justified. And I think it's it's shown by the fact that all five of us, this is the first one where all five have a sweep of, of having uh-huh. the, a driver on the list. Um, I I think that he deserves a spot on it. Uh, if okay. if you guys want, I can uh, I I can read off the honorable mentions. I think I have like seven I left oh. in. Okay, sure. yeah, uh, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. So I'll just go alphabetical order here. Uh, honorable mention to Alex Bowman. Uh, Ooh, you can okay. blame you can blame me and Darian uh, because Bowman didn't have the uh, as high of an average compared uh, to who well, else? Where did three? Where did Danny have him? Yeah. 71st. He had well, a, I he had him at 70. Yes. Whoa. Okay. That's not bad. Okay, Whoa. okay, Danny. Okay, Objective base. B talks. Whoa. There you go. Yep. There you go. Uh, and the chat, uh, when it averaged out, had him 76th, uh, which that was yeah. the catalyst to having him off the list. Damn you, chat. Chat, chat you <laughs> have power. Fault. You have power. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Another one on the list here. Uh, I got one second. Let me make sure, because this list, it doesn't get it. it <laughs> I need to make sure that uh, I'm reading off the right people because the last thing I want to do is blame somebody for someone not being on the list. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. right. That's uh, right. Uh, next one. This one surprised me uh, that's on the list was, uh, as an honorable mention, 
Austin Dillon. Uh, now, <laughs> me and wow. Darian and Danny didn't have him. Eric, you had him at 66th all time. Eric, Eric, Eric. Wait, wait. Come on, Eric. So explain. Explain. Once again, I value wins in the modern day. Like Austin Dillon's won his races in arguably the most competitive era in NASCAR history. Um, and also look at some of the wins he's got. I mean, we we crap on Austin Dillon. He's made the playoffs like five of the last seven years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's okay. won the Daytona 500 and the Coke 600. Okay. I mean, that's why I had him on the top 70. That's all. That's okay. all I say. Okay. 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 Now, next up was, and I, I will admit I was the one who had him at P seventy five. Uh, Dave Marcus, he was really mm. good in the you know in the earlier years of his him. career. Uh, nobody very consistent. Had him but me. He's uh, very consistent though. If you look back at his early career, for sure, chat consistent. Chat had him as their fifth honorable mention. Uh, okay, so I understand why he's not on there. I, I definitely yeah. know it was a stretch put him on there. Uh, another honorable mention, Jim Reed. Uh, and this one is all due hmm. to as well, uh, the chat. So, uh, and Eric, they did not have him. They had him as an honorable mention. Uh, me and Darian had him 71st and mm-hmm. Danny had him 74th. Uh, Wait, sorry. Who, who is this? My bad. Jim, Jim Reed. Pretty oh, good no, driver yeah. in his day. Pretty right, good driver. Right in that range we're talking about today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. another honorable mention was Bill Rexford. Me, Darian, and Danny did not have him on. Eric mm. had him 75th. Chat had him 60th. Yeah. Um, Whoa. You, you know what, though? You know what? Maybe yeah, maybe I, I should have put him I, a little higher because did, of that championship, maybe? I did I a video know. on him. And um, the reason he so said we got that one win. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason he got that championship is because Big Bill and Lee Petty got in a pissing <laughs> match. And, 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 and what happened was Lee Petty decided to race in another series. So Bill France Uh-oh. made up a rule that you couldn't race in any series that wasn't NASCAR and yeah. took all of his points away from the races that coincided with that, which yeah. ended up being like, I think Rexford won the championship by like 300 points and Bill France then ended up taking away 800 points from him. <laughs> Um, but still oh, the history still of a champion. as a champion, he should be recognized as such. Yeah. Uh, so still an honorable mention by, by everybody 60th on the chat list. Uh, and then the final honorable mention, Michael oh, Waltrip. <laughs> Hold on. Eric had him 73rd. Uh, there were then from there, uh, the other four hosts had him as honorable mentions, uh, or not on the list at all. Chat had him as an honorable mention as well. He actually showed up on 12 of the, I believe, 35 or 40 chat submissions. Uh, okay. So, so I, I want to make myself clear. So I, when I'm putting my list together, I, I've said this before. I think there's a difference between best and greatest. I'm looking at greatest. And to okay. me, you win a crown jewel race. You win multiple crown jewel races. Okay. To me, like two crown jewels almost equals one champion. Man, maybe not quite. But that, 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 like if you win a couple of crown jewel races the way Michael Waltrip did, and you look at like some of the like the 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 magnitude of races you won the 01 Daytona 500. How many times have we seen that race? And obviously, we're not looking at Michael Waltrip winning. We're looking at the tragedy mm-hmm. behind him. But yeah. still, the role he played. I, I'm I'm looking at greatness. And so Austin Dillon, I have him in the top 75 because no, I don't think he's the most talented. I do think he actually is underrated as a driver. Yes. I don't think yeah. he's great. I agree, but I think he is like. A lot of fans say I think he sucks. He does not suck. No, um, but the fact suck. that he has two crown jewels. I understand he wrecked Almarola perhaps to win one of them. Uh, still, I, 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 I think Austin Dillon. Just if we're talking about greatness, like that's why I have like you know him ahead of Blaney, Bowman, and Byron. 
they're all three of them are better drivers than Austin Dillon. They all have more wins than Austin Dillon, but I don't think any of them have won a single crown jewel race. Correct me if I'm wrong. Has Blaney or Bowman won a crown jewel? I don't think they have. Uh, have they won 600? Did Byron know? No, no, no. no. Blaine, no, no, no. I don't think they have. So I, that's, so that's there's... just so people understand some of my list. I do value championships and crown jewels. I think they they weigh pretty heavily in my eyes. But I'll, I'll argue there's there's a limit to that. I mean, Michael Waltrip's wins all came at super speedways. I'm a Dale Jr. fan. I get super mm-hmm. speedways have a, a certain talent to them. Um, and also with crown jewels too. And this is no disrespect, and I know that people are going to bring it up because I'm about to say it. This is no disrespect to anyone who's won a crown jewel because <laughs> of rain. But Michael Waltrip <laughs> also won the shortest Daytona 500 ever. He did. Uh, yeah. Now, he earned it. I, I will say he earned it because he fought Kurt Busch, Kevin Harvick, Jimmy Johnson for that mm-hmm. win. Um, but he also did have his teammate as a lap car helping him, too, with that. So I, yeah. I, I can't I, – I get the valuing of crown jewels. I just – I can't do it enough – to, to justify Michael Waltrip on the list personally. I, yeah. I could understand Austin Dillon because he is underrated. Um, but still, I'm, I, I can't justify Mikey. Yeah, that's fair. That, I, that's wouldn't fair. Put, I wouldn't have put Dillon at, what was it, 68? Like in the 70s like maybe, but yeah. But I mean, hey, five playoff um, playoff um, appearances can't be ignored. So I just, yeah, I, well, he's driving for a B-tier team. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I do feel bad for poor Bill Rexford because he is the yeah. most forgotten champion. I had yeah. I had him in for the record. I, I just couldn't justify it. Yeah. I, mean, I was like, nah, he, he basically is like the black sheep of NASCAR champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. One career in- win and, and a champion. So, I mean, that's an interesting stat line. But yeah, we're, uh, hey, J- Jared. I- yeah. No, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it. Never mind. Uh, yeah, no, I, think, I think he's, I think he'll come up in the next episode. Okay. Can we, is uh, Kyle Petty on the list? I can't spoil anything. We can't. We can't say I anything. Can't spoil we can't anything say nothing. Okay, can't say nothing, y'all. Never mind. Because y'all are gonna have to tune in. But I did. I did. Out. By the way, if you scroll up through our our Twitter chat, I did send the full list in there. So if you okay. just want copy, oh, did you? That, yeah, I sent. It oh, in I there. didn't see it. Um, okay. But speaking of the list and all that, and some fun stuff we can do, um, maybe maybe we should resurrect the clips channel and put all of uh the highlights uh-huh. of each one on, and we'll. I'm down with that. Then we'll combine it all together at the end of the year. Like if yeah. if people want the clips channel, we can put that in the uh, comments after the hey, show. Process. Let us know, chat. Let us know if you want the clips channel. We'll uh, get to work on it. Darren, I'll have you get that clipped out for me and send it to me. That way, I can just mm-hmm. put it right away. But yeah, we can uh, we can put it on our clips channel. Yep, for sure. But anyways, hey, if you want to find out who the next five are, tune in next week on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. We will reveal whose channel it'll be on at the very end of the show but for now it's time to get to our race preview and for the first time since 1996 nascar fans could say it's north wilkesboro week can you believe it after all of these years of wanting the track back on the schedule it finally happened can you believe it y'all we're here it's It's north wilkesboro week yeah i mean for years we've been saying i'll believe it when i see it and it's actually here wow it's it's an amazing thing, and they're already running some uh, some uh, late model races tonight. And oh boy, the track looks fantastic! Looks brand new. I love it, man. I want to say brand new. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, look, well, compared um uh compared to what it used to look like, it looks brand new. I guess. But, oh yeah, okay. But yeah, good as new, good as new for sure. But um yeah, so it's North Brooks for a week. Um and um some uh, side notes really quick. Uh, Daryl Waltrip will be in the Cup Series booth. 
um, uh, DW and Richard Petty um, to give the um, the command um, at the uh, uh, excuse me before the race. Um, soldiers to give the uh, command for the open. Uh, Ray Everham to wait the green flag. Wow, a lot of historic people coming uh, for this All Star race. Jeff Gordon to drive the pace car. Um, it is the first race back at the track in 27 years. And finally, Josh Berry will be back in the 48 um, in the 48 car again, but he'll have to race into the All Star race through the open. So very interesting. So we'll see how he does there. <clears throat> but now to the uh, race information for uh, this weekend. The Cup Series race is the 2023 All-Star Race slash All-Star Open. Um, the All-Star Race is 200 laps. The All-Star Open is 100. Um, the uh, stages... Uh, there, I got it here. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go so we got the entire, uh, I guess, format for what we're going to be doing this weekend at North Wilkesboro. Uh, starting with Friday, there is the qualifying, which is the pit crew challenge. Uh, crews will then set, I believe, the... Uh, starting lineup for the all-star open as well as the heat races uh, then you have saturday the craftsman truck series race as well as all-star heat one and two uh the truck race is a normal race uh, in and of itself uh, but from there the heat races 60 laps apiece. uh the result of each one the first one being the inside row second being the outside row they will control qualifying then you got the open uh, the next night on Sunday night. That will be 100 laps. There'll be a competition break at lap 40. Top two finishers in this race transfer the all-star race, just like how it used to be uh, when it was run at Charlotte. The fan vote winner as well goes to the all-star race. Uh, now, the field for this will be 2022 and 2023 points race winners, uh, as well as past all-star winners, and NASCAR Cup Series champions. So you have to have done something really good to get into this race, as well as those two open transfers and the fan vote. Uh, and then the format. Man, it is so tiny. It's hard to read even from my end. Uh, so all the laps will count for 200 laps, unlike the uh, Clash, which had caution laps not count. Uh, with this, and I swear it is so hard to see. Uh, I apologize <laughs> to those trying to read it because I'm trying to You're read it good. too. You're good. Uh, but from there, uh, you start on sticker tires, and then uh, let's see. You have three additional sets in the pit box. Uh, with all laps counting and overtime rules in effect, you also have a competition break on lap 100, a bit of a halftime, if you will. Uh, after that, the only there will only be one additional set of sticker tires able to be used, so it'll be very much a dash to the finish. Uh, and I want to bring up some historical context to how long this race will be. Uh, a 200-lap race is actually significant in the fact that that was how long the first race at North Wilkesboro back in 1949 was. That's cool. Uh, so you can tell with all of that in mind, Dale Jr. Uh, most definitely had a say in that. Uh, to, to say the least. Uh, but yeah, that is that is pretty much it. Now, I don't have the stages for the truck race and stuff like that. I yeah. apologize in advance. We're um, good. But that one's we're 250 good. laps. But Darian, we're starting at 8 on the All-Star race and 5.30 for the Open Eastern Time. FS1, MRN, all that good stuff. Or I believe MRN. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but what's the weather looking like 
So for Sunday, 76 degrees with morning showers and a 30% chance of rain. So let's just get the rain out the way early in the morning um, so we can enjoy the racing. The defending winner is is Ryan Blaney at Texas Motor Speedway. Excuse me. Um, the actual... Def- <laughs> It says it in the itinerary. I totally don't be mad at me. You wrote it in the itinerary. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But the actual uh, um, um, track uh, race winner is Jeff Gordon in 1996. So, yeah. And then the truck race. uh, So, we got that one at 130. That one as well is on Fox and MRN. Interesting. But, yes, it is called... It is called the Tyson 250, 250 laps total. Um, and the weather for that day for Saturday, 75 degrees, late afternoon showers with a 50% chance of rain. Oh, so that'll be a little more interesting uh, weather wise. But the defending winner is Mark Martin back in 1996. So, yeah. How many times did we ever think we'd say Jeff Gordon and Mark Martin are the defending, defending winners? winners. I, we, that's the first time. First we, time on this show. We sister, started sure. this show in, in 2018. Yeah. What What is it? Uh, what, what year is it? 2005? Is that, is that, did we time travel back or something? Uh, 2009 <laughs> even, but still. Yeah, that's well, what it not 2009 because like. Gordon didn't win that year before. So like, yeah, it would have been 2006, 2005. Yeah, so that that'd be interesting. Yeah, but um, let's move on to the famous betting odds on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. So let's go into the favorites. Um, first and foremost, Kyle Larson is the odds-on favorite at <laughs> I plus six fifty. Chastain's name wrong. Oh, it's okay. It's it's Ross Chastain's fault. Anyways, Kevin Harvick at plus seven fifty. Um, both, <laughs> um, both at um, both of the of of these drivers are at plus nine hundred. Joey Logano and Christopher Bell. And finally, rounding out the favorite segment is William Byron at plus 1,000. As for the best of the rest, Martin Truex Jr. is also plus 1,000. Denny Hamlin is plus 1,100. Ross Chastain plus 1,200. Chase Elliott plus 1,400. Kyle Busch plus 1,600. As for the underdogs, Bubba Wallace plus 2,800. Brad Keselowski um, plus 3,000. Daniel Suarez plus 3,500. Eric Jones plus 6,500. And finally, Ricky Stavros Jr. also at plus 6500 and yeah. now moving on oh, like what was that? like i said in the chat my apologies um but to to my defense Riss is my girlfriend's name so i probably just mistyped it. oh no <laughs> did it autocorrect it autocorrect i think it, it had to it, either that right? either that or i accidentally typed in her name yeah but my, my bad so <laughs> you're good Hi, it's all good but um yeah, yeah, you so- gotta give her better odds than that jared <laughs> for real she's <laughs> in the cool. top 10 <laughs> so before we move on to picks, let's uh, go over really quick the uh, fantasy standings really quick. Um, right now in the points lead is Sean, 48NY, leading over Trevor Sports, 98, the defending champion. In third is Danny B. Wife. Fourth is Polish Victory Lap. And rounding out the top five is Kansas Legacy 2. And I am currently P6. So season's kind of slipping away, but it's not as bad as the NWP Fantasy League 2, where I have fallen out of the top 10 completely now in p11 but it's very competitive uh because jc underscore 43 is the points leader over common chase l yet um and then in third is 42 larson five fourth is yrb 89 and and rounding out the top five um it's a tie between racer roar 48 and hot wheels but hot um i guess it's like it's spelled weird it's spelled h-a-u-g-h-t i guess he wanted to Spelling in a unique the way, most. but but oh no, we suck again. Blaney's pit crew, who is leading the points most of the season, is now P seven. 
So yeah, just like me, he started to fall back a little bit. Well, let's but, see yeah. the next one. So I think you'll like the next one, Darren. Oh yes, I will love the next one. Oh yes, oh boy. Uh, I don't know if the chat's gonna love it. I don't know if the chat's gonna love it though. But hey, you made your bed, so now you have to lay in it. Eric Estep is still the points leader, 233 points in total. Yep, you're good. Chat, you went from minus one to minus 12 points in just one week's time. I'm sorry. To, I hate to break the news to you, unfortunately. Um, who'd they pick again? Chastain, correct? Same as me. Yep, same. And Jarrett picked Chastain um, because that is the major reason why I am now P3 minus 33 points behind Eric in fourth is Jared only minus 35. So he can easily take back P3 next week. But right now still in the basement is Danny B talks with minus 48, but still a very close points battle in the grand scheme of things. So, so not bad, not bad, but Hey, hey, minus 48 for Danny. He would love that. Right. He loves that. Right. There you go. (laughs) I am so lucky Chastain happened because my pick of Denny Hamlin, which I felt so good about. Mine too. It was awful. Yeah, he was horrible. He sucked for some reason. Garbage. Um, But thank goodness for Ross. And for, I think, did did somebody pick Truex? Because he wrecked out as well. Yep. Oh, yeah. Thank goodness. And Larson. Oh, you you got so damn lucky. I'll take it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. But, yep, now it's time to move into the picks. Let's get right to it. Oh, my gosh. I almost hit my music to play on my phone. Jump <laughs> off the list, and I almost hit my music. Jesus Christ. I'm about to get copyrighted here. But let's move on with the picks officially. Eric, we'll start with you. Who is going to win the Truck Series return to North Wilkesboro? Y'all might not have liked my Michael Waltrip top 75 pick, uh, but my uh, NWP picks, race picks, have been Red hot. Uh, somebody needs to cool me off uh, after these last few weeks. So hey, uh, hey, stay keep... humble. Stay humble now. Come Mm-mm. on now. We're way past that. This is my year. I'm done finishing second. Whether it's to Jarrett, to the chat, we're <laughs> winning it this year. Uh, right. The era of good feelings continues. William Byron driving the 51 truck. I think he gets it done this week. Holy crap. I get to go next. Wow, this feels good. <laughs> this feels really good. Um, I'm going to go with another Hendrick driver. Um, he's an aspired truck, but it's Kyle Larson. I have faith in him. Kyle Larson is going to win. I've been burned by the Spire trucks before. so <laughs> I'll, take, I'm, I'll take the risk. <laughs> I'm going to go with Byron on this one uh, just because I think he I think he might be owed a bit of a win. Uh, I have to admit I was close to taking Christopher Bell uh, because he'll be in yeah, the I 61. Really, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I don't know what that truck's going to do, but Same. in theory that could be really competitive. Yeah, that one be. and I, I mean, Bubble Wallace has been pretty good at short tracks before, mm-hmm. so in that one truck. Uh, so it's a very competitive field, uh, but I'm yeah. going to go with the 51 on this one. And then and Danny, Danny is going to be on Darian's train. There we um, go. Seven for Larson. And looking in the chat, wow. A lot of 51s, I see. I think they're going Byron. Yes, they are. Yeah, Byron it is. Lock that pick in for the chat. We'll, we'll see right. how it turns out. Oh, excuse me. Anyways, now moving on to the Cup Series festivities. Eric, who was going to suck for the All-Star Weekend? Chase Briscoe. Two weeks in a row, they have just fired off with like 30th place speed. And, you know, maybe they recover a little bit throughout the race, but it's not like the playoffs last year where he's like top five by the end. No, he's still like 20th. So I I don't know what's going on over there, but Mm. they had that little hot streak of three straight top fives and they've come crashing down to earth. So Chase Briscoe. Yeah. Now I had sent this originally to you, Jerry. I don't know if you changed it last second, but um, I swear, um, I I, oh. I got I got the uh, oh, if update, it's right? Who you're thinking about it. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So I have Austin Cindric 
as my suck pick. Um, still riding off that 2022 Daytona win. That's the only reason he's in the all-star race. And I mean, for the most part, he hasn't really done much this season, unfortunately. So um, been very quiet and he will remain quiet this weekend. Uh, yeah, that's also who Danny has. I'm going to go with this teammate, though. For some reason, he's just this guy has struggled at short tracks before. Um, and I think he's going to continue this weekend. I'm going to go with Brian Blaney. Mm. And the chat, it's hard to pick out. Well, somebody has Eric Jones sucking? Come on, gotta show Eric Jones more respect. Um, I see a lot of 77s, though. And who's in the 77? Ty Dillon, right? Ty Dillon. Okay, so Such well, a I also, I also God, this see... comment, this comment is brutal. Austin Cindric has no talent. That is Whoa, a brutal comment. I don't My know goodness. about no talent, sir. Hey, hey, Oof. that's your opinion, but you know, hey, he does have a championship. Just saying. Let just them saying. have their layup. They'll get the seventy-seven. <laughs> All right, seventy-seven. It is. All right, moving on. The underdogs part. Eric, who is your underdog? I have a feeling this race is gonna play into the hands of the veterans. Uh, there's not a bunch of gimmicky stage breaks and forced restarts. And then the old worn out surface is really going to play into the hands of drivers who've been around a while, who know how to save tires, who know how to look for grip wherever they can find it. So it could have gone with a lot of picks here. Maybe this guy's not an underdog anymore with the way they've run this year and where they're at in points. But I think Brad Keselowski could be a legitimate threat to win. Uh, I think he'll be top five for sure. That's almost expected at this point. But I think Brad could seriously win this race if all right. goes well. I said this in my hot take part. Um, hey, this guy is making me eat my words, and I love to see it. You know what? He's on a roll right now. Bubba Wallace, he's my underdog. I think that's a good underdog, uh, but I'm actually going to go with a bit of a disagreement here with Darian and Danny. I'm going to go with Austin Sindrick. I, I think that okay. all-star races cater a lot of times to those who struggle during the year, too. Um, I mean, we've seen it before where somebody like Casey Kane will win the fan mm-hmm. vote to get in in 2008 suck most of the year be pretty mediocre but still win this race uh so i'm gonna go with him and then danny has a very interesting underdog pick uh he says this guy is gonna make it through the uh the the open and qualify for the all-star race and be a threat to win ryan priest yeah no i can see that i can see it i thought about that i thought he i thought he was gonna maybe say josh barry who's a short track guy i don't know if he's did he run any like the cars tour has he run any of the late model races he's, at Wilkesboro in the last year i believe he ran at least one of them and he's also been instrumental in helping out dale jr's run too yeah. so he's understanding it also mm-hmm. from the technical side as a crew chief yeah, yeah. so that that wouldn't be a bad yeah, I, so I, oh. I like i like barry but i i think priest isn't bad either that's a good pick oh yeah and also don't forget about you know jamie mcmurray 2014 wasn't his best season won the all-star race so mm-hmm. good point good point but um as for the underdog pick from the chat um I see Harvick. Yeah, Harvick's an underdog. I th- I, I don't know. Are you I, sure? Hey guys, are you sure? Because if you pick him, you're not going to be able to um to pick him for the win. I just are don't you think sure? he counts as an underdog. I don't they're, know. They're, they can take him if they want. I see four want, Harvicks in a row. Yeah, hey, they want him. I can yeah, see it. I picked Brad as an underdog, and I guess Harvick's a little higher up in points. So yeah, maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, oh, oh, dude, Napa Racing fans, like, quit picking Harvick. That's my win pick. Oh no. <laughs> Honestly, like, should we make a that... rule that you can't be an underdog pick if you're top ten in points? Yeah, I like, after this week, like all star you know race what? is different. They should have Harvick. Yeah, that's their pick. Okay. But I, think, I think we do need a little groundwork. Well, well, we yeah, we'll set some point. rules. <laughs> yeah, we'll set some rules eventually. But um, right now, yeah, since it's the all-star race, give him Harvick. 
Yeah, give him Harvick. Sorry, Napa Racing fan. Blame the chat. Not me. <laughs> Anyways, now for the main event of the evening. Who's gonna win? Who's gonna win the all-star race? Eric? First, I'm laughing at the chat. There's someone with a Patrick Star profile picture, and the username is Weast Virginia. <laughs> I thought you said Weast. <laughs> I see it. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's, that's funny. Great. I use uh, these accounts. Again, like I said, uh, I'm going with a veteran driver, someone who's been around a long time, driven many different iterations of race cars, who's also a really good short track racer and who I think has had more speed the last few weeks is starting to show shades of his, you know, maybe two or three years ago self. Uh, But Martin Truex Jr., he's my pick to win the all-star race. He also won the clash at the beginning of this year, which was kind of like an all-star event. Yeah, true, true. Um, hey, this guy's on a roll. I know I just said Bubba's on a roll, but that's for the underdogs. For my winner pick, I mean, has the most wins this season, coming off of a historic win at at at, at Darlington. Willie B. William Byron continues his winning streak unofficially. I think both both those guys are solid. Uh, but I'm gonna continue the trend of going five numbers above the pick before. We went 19 to 24. I'm going to go 29. I'm going Kevin okay. Harvick in that old scheme. Mm. Last time we're ever going to see possibly the 29 car of Harvick. Win oh, race. yeah, true. True that. Yeah, true that. And Danny, who did he pick? Danny has Joey Logano, and he gave me a reason. Okay. Logano has been pretty darn good at winning inaugural races. He did I was so, thinking about that. He did so at Turt Bristol. He did oh, so true. at LA with the Clash, and he did so at Gateway. That might be the smartest pick, actually. That's <laughs> big brain. about it now. Yeah, that might be the smartest pick now. All I think counts, about it. All counts are the same. The cup might not have a points race this week, but it's a points race for us. Yeah. But anyways, that'll officially do it for this evening. Um, another edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast um, is now officially in the books. Um, give me a second. Freaking itinerary. Freaking close well, down on me. It'll be on my channel. because. Oh, yes, that's right. We're previewing the Coke 600 and... Like tradition, we have uh, Indy 500 picks, and the cool thing about that is highest super chat. So one time mm-hmm. a year we do it, highest super chat gets to pick the Indy 500, but you have to have your Indy 500 pick mm-hmm. in there. Um, so be ready. It should be pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And Darian, I mean, you're going to be out in Indianapolis pretty soon. You think you can maybe maybe we'll see if you can drag a David Land on for a little bit? Yeah. Perhaps, perhaps we'll find out for sure. For sure. Um, really quick, one final super chat. Jimmy, uh, with the five dollar super chat. Dale Jr. finished sixth in. Um, excuse me. Dale Jr. finished in sixteenth place tonight. Um, the race flew. Um, um, was won by Brendan Queen. Oh, interesting name. Brendan Queen is a winner. So Queen in the in the uh winner circle. That's cool. But um, like Jared just said, um, join us next week on Wednesday night. May 24th at 8 p.m. Eastern time on the Icebergs channel for NWP. We're going to be going over the Coke 600 Indy 500 preview, um, as well as going over um, um, 70 through 66 in the top 75 list. That'll do it once again. Um, Fellas, anything else? Any final thoughts um, on tonight? I want to go to bed. Yeah, I want to go to bed too. Oh, damn. It's already 930 over here. That's right. But (laughs) hey, once Yep. Like we're, it's yeah. like we're led up on here. We ramble on. Hey, you guys watch this ramble. Appreciate it. And once again, one final time, one final shout out to um, Live Fast and the Daily Downforce for making the podcast party bus scheme happen. 
Um, the link is down in the description below to pre-order um, a diecast, and um, we have uh, playing um, plenty of of, of diecast left. Um, also, um, order a uh, a shirt as well. So, a lot of merch over there. But anyways, that'll do it for another edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Thank you guys so much for watching. This is Black Flags Matter. Catch you next time. Goodbye. Fail. Steve, you look beautiful. You look great. Oh, ridiculous,